Our new partner who I'm really, really excited to announce we are working with. Super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible. Uh, AG1 Athletic Greens. I've been using them for a while. I have them every morning on an empty stomach. Basically, take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water. And this is all your greens for the day. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Every day I take this, it's so good for my digestion, my energy. It's simple. It's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins. This has been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life, and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG1s, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it. I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life, One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste, and the taste is actually really refreshing, and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't, don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good, um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible, just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had, he had those every single day. He said it saved him. I bring AG1s with me when I travel. It helps me stay healthy. You know the deal. If you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater, but you need to have your greens, sometimes catering doesn't have greens. Sometimes you miss the catering. Sometimes you miss the backstage food. Sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like. So if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG1s in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy, boom, life changer. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash OLLC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meat, so I'm strictly, strictly greens. And this has been a wonderful, wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit athleticgreens.com slash OLLC. And get one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Athleticgreens.com slash OLOC. Yo, yo, Liquid Death, thank you so much for hydrating all my guests, taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water, love your brand, love what you stand for, love what you give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, liquid death water, go to amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com slash Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Carolina. Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest, my friend Vinny Caruana, which I just told him 
three minutes ago. I always know him as Vinny the Movie Life or Vinny Movie Life. Thanks for being here. Uh, Carolina. Back, back in the day, you used to call me Vinta Life. <laughs> that's right, I did. Oh, shit, I did. <laughs> Carolina, that's a pretty sick last name. What is that? What are you? What's your deal? My dad's Sicilian, and uh, but I, apparently the name is more Maltese than Sicilian. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So you um, born and raised in Long Island? Born and raised North Merrick, Long Island, South Shore, Nassau County. Dad's from South Brooklyn. Mom's from Westbury, Long Island. Nice. And you have uh, siblings? I got two older brothers. Are they into the same thing you are? Same kind of uh, music, same life? They, a little bit. Um, oh, the older they're brothers? The re- they're the reason we're sitting here right now. I was going to say sure. that they got you into it probably. Same for me. Yeah. Um, both of my brothers found hardcore um, in probably 91. Okay. And that's when I was... 12 and that was me going to my first shows at 12 yeah yeah damn at 91 okay I'm trying to think what these were friendly at. shows though like it was just it was literally just in long island yeah my first show ever was in elmont which i think it's right on the queen's border okay. uh i think it's long island though um vod uh which nobody mentions it was underrated incredible band I mean, I feel like they might come up a bunch today because Good. they're like kind of my brothers and VOD are the reason like my life took this path. Okay, I mean VOD. I mean they were they were like I remember when they first came out, man. Just, I don't know in the PWAC days and all that stuff. Like they they were sick from like their first show ever. Yeah, super heavy. Nobody was singing like that. They had really good riffs. Yeah. They kind of like exploded. When their first record came out, like the Green Splash one or yeah. whatever, that one, I mean, I remember being at PWAC for that and there was like, I don't even know, as many people as you could fit in there, which yeah. is a lot. Is it safe to say they were like one of the biggest hardcore bands from Long Island? Yeah. If you think about, let's see, Long Island hardcore from the beginning. I mean, Silent Majority, Cleanser. Yeah, but VO, Silent Majority was definitely probably the most influential to like my generation. Yeah. But like, as far as getting around the world and having fans everywhere, VOD was like touring Japan, Australia, South America, Europe. Yeah. I don't so know if Silent Majority right? ever. Records? Uh, yeah, Roadrunner. Huge. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're the ones that went the furthest until maybe like my generation where. Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, Glass Job, Movie Life, um, Crime and Stereo. Oh, yeah. Kill Your Idols was another one. Dude, Kill, Kill Your Idols doesn't get mentioned enough. Incredible band. Yeah, they they took us on one of our first tours, Movie awesome. Life. Yeah. yeah, that's a great, great band, man. So yeah. Long Island's always had like a, a good scene and it's its own scene, too. You think that it's all New York and everybody goes back and forth to Manhattan, but it's kind of a long drive for people too, especially young kids. Yeah, I feel, I mean, we were going to Manhattan for shows, but I don't think that many city kids were coming out to Long Island. Yeah. Lou, Lou would come from Staten Island to 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 come to oh, shows. Yeah. 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 Um, they would be always like, and some Queens guys would come. Yeah. Um, but yeah, long, I mean, we would go, I, I would try to go to the shows in the city as much as I could, but they were coming to us quite a bit. Yeah. Do you remember your first show in the city? You're probably super young too, huh? 
first show that's the thing like the first few years like i i would only go to shows on long island that like my brother yeah you're young man that like vod was playing or my brother's band you actually i saw your i saw h2o for the first time i think with my older brother's band really i don't know if you would what remember this band? yeah they were called the warped weeble wobbles i have to remember that name. they were like they were like a beloved long island band okay you know, contemporaries of Silent Majority, Mind Over Matter, VOD, Neglect. Oh, yeah, and um, that's a band I always have to bring up. I yeah. think they were like my favorite growing up. One of the kids in jail was winning Neglect shirt the other day. I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. I think I think it's coming back around to where like Neglect is going to be like headlining like Blood Axe Festival in Japan and shit. I think it's going to come back around to that. Like wow. young, younger kids are finding out about this insane band. It's so cool that they actually care. Like a lot of the new bands, how they they're like hardcore historians and they look into the roots of everything, and yeah. it's really cool, man. That was, you know, that, I'm sure that was you, right? Totally. That was me too. Like, yeah, it was almost taught to us that like you got to know Minor Threat, you got to know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Black Flag, yeah, um, and then Sick of It All, yeah, and that sure. yeah. that 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 was the one. My brother BJ, who you met in Pittsburgh the other day, yes. My brother BJ was just like, Blood, Sweat, No Tears. Best record ever made right here. Let's see. That came out in 89. Yeah. So I probably heard it in 91 for the first time. It's so crazy like getting into that music and you're from Long Island and then not far away is where Ramones, sick of all these bands that like, they're like local bands, you know what I mean in a sense, but they're also. You never think yeah. that like there's like shows happening like yeah. when I figured out that there was people moshing like a mile away, like right <laughs> yeah. now at the right track in. <laughs> right track in, wow. Yeah. That was where we would go to shows a lot. Okay. Um, I mean, Long Island had a lot of DIY type venues and totally VFW halls and all that, but like played some. And PWAC, of course, but like right track in in my early Long Island hardcore days was like the spot. And it yeah. was really close. It's that's in Freeport. I'm from Merrick, it's one town over. Okay. So our parents felt okay dropping us off there. Yeah, I was going to ask you, since your older brothers are taking you, your parents are totally cool with it, right? Like, they know you're safe. Yeah, and I remember a few shows. I actually remember my brother, like, denying me entry to a neglect show and just being like, Mom, I don't think you should go to this one. And he was probably right, but, like, they need their space sometimes. They're probably, like, trying to talk to girls and stuff. Yeah, they want to get in the pit and have to worry about watching you and you're safe or not, you know? Yeah. Once I made some friends that were into it or that's or some of my friends with me got into it. Yeah. Um, at least I had someone to talk to in between bands and stuff. <laughs> were the kids at school like because you were so young Were the kids at school into punk and stuff with this like this alternative life that you went to every weekend like because it's such a different world. So I was in junior high when I first started going to shows. Um, there was like it wasn't like punk. It was like nirvana had just hit right. and like so it was like this alternative thing like you yeah. said like people were listening to nirvana the like cool indie chicks were listening to the pixies <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like that stuff was going on but like the people i was hanging out with were into alternative music maybe not hardcore maybe not punk but like I mean, Nirvana was a punk band before they were... Looking back know. on it now, being being like so hardcore and punk back then, my blinders on, like, fuck I this know. grunge shit. 
later on you realize how how incredible it is and was i totally had the blinders too do you know what i mean i was so for some reason i was too cool when i was 12 to like nirvana (laughs) (laughs) and i was young i think i I got it from my brothers or something like i didn't i wanted it i wanted to be cool i wanted to like hardcore only or whatever yeah yeah so i was not like i didn't want to get i resisted nirvana and pearl jam and things like that because like that's what the football team was listening to like that's what the yeah like normal people were wearing and i'm <laughs> you know what i mean this is the the mind of a 12 year old you know no, what I mean? for sure and then you go back and be like okay you can listen to nirvana and literally start like 50 bands you know what i mean like totally super influential uh stuff but i dug deeper on that stuff like nirvana like I said, I I had the blinders on like you and I yeah. thought it wasn't I thought it had to be cool and not like, you know, Green Day, Nirvana, stuff, stuff like on that. Stuff the radio and stuff, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like I wanted like like when you would see like someone at the mall, like we're talking Long Island wise, like <laughs> or on the street or at school that is wearing like a hardcore band t-shirt and you go like you go up and talk to him. 100%. Like you know about the thing, like yeah, yeah. It's like a secret society. Yeah. Like you definitely have something in common right away. Yeah, I love but that. fast forward to now, you really can't be sure about that. If you see somebody sure, you're not sure. Like the other day, some guy was walking down running wearing a Union Thirteen shirt, who I loved on Epitaph. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Dude, great band, I love your shirt." He looked at the shirt, he looked at me, and he's like, "He didn't know what to do." So as I'm walking with my friend, I'm like, "Maybe that's just a shirt that he got at a, at a at a thrift store." A thrift store. I don't know if he knew what it was. I was talking about. Yeah. So it's hard nowadays to. Realize if we see somebody, but they want like like a Fagazi shirt or something. And you're like, okay, the one of us. You know what I mean? Yes. Some obscure, not really obscure, but so um enough to make you do a double take and look <laughs> yeah. at their shirt and be like, should I tell them cool shirt or not? Yeah. yeah. Um. So how were you growing up in in school and stuff like that? Growing up, not studious, um, athletic. I played soccer and ice hockey. Nice. Um quit ice hockey and pursued soccer because I was given a choice. My dad was driving three, my mom and dad were driving three boys around playing soccer, soccer and ice hockey. Damn, that's a lot. So soccer was my thing. Soccer. So yeah, that was like my double life was like soccer and then hardcore shows. Nice. Did, did you want to be a soccer player? Like, um, I don't know. Or? Like I liked it. I don't know if I had any, I didn't have any aspirations as a kid at all. Okay. Uh, I get asked questions in interviews a lot and <laughs> <laughs> sometimes uh, maybe I'll, I'll stretch it a little bit. I, when I was young, I wasn't like, I want to be a soccer player. I want to be a singer. I want to be a businessman. I didn't care about anything. I just existed, hang out with my friends, go to shows, kick it. Did you skateboard? No skating. Soccer would, that That's wasn't it. cool wow. with soccer. Yeah. Wow. Soccer, uh, skating was perilous for soccer players for yeah, sure yeah, yeah. injury wise okay okay so was it soccer like practice every day games on the weekend like practice yeah like the school team practices five days a week Damn. and then the club team which was the more serious thing yeah yeah, yeah. this is like our parents paying for like a european i did it with my like, son too oh you did yeah. yeah yeah so it's not just the dude's dad down the block like it's a coach, lot of traveling coaching. all yeah. that stuff yeah yeah it's a commitment. So that I loved it. I was good at it. Um, up until the pandemic, I played on two teams in the city. Oh and, wow! Yeah, yeah. And now I'm in the worst shape of my life, and I'm trying to get trying to get back. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that. Um. So so when you gra- like, what was your goals? So no goals when you graduated. My dad asked me what I wanted to do. 
Uh, I said, I have no idea. He's like, you're going to college. I said, okay. Um, Was he strict? Um, like, I don't think we had really strict parents. I mean, they were definitely more strict than some of my other friends' parents. Yeah. But like, you know, they wanted us to do well in school. Totally. They had three boys that didn't care about school. None of us did any did did well in school. Same. Three boys um, went on the same. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hate um, Absolutely hated school. It's one of the, my favorite things about being an adult is not going to school. Yeah. <laughs> I still think about it sometimes, like on a Monday. Like if I have a quiet yeah. Monday and everyone's running around, I'm just like, at least I'm not in school. Mm. That nightmare, the school nightmare about like, you know, showing up for a test and not having studied or, or, or whatever it is, like yeah. school nightmares that you have, little clips. Mm-hmm. I like having those because when I wake up, I'm like, oh, no. Damn, you really hated it, huh? I hated it. I didn't have a terrible time either. It was just the st- the school part. And your grades were good? They were like, okay, like maybe like a C plus or something. Okay. Not not good, but <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty good for the amount of studying I did, though. Yeah. yeah. Were, you, were you like a popular kid? Were you a quiet kid? Were you like... Um, I think I was kind of in the middle. Um. I was friends with everybody. My school was very peaceful. Okay. Like there wasn't there wasn't much animosity between people. And okay. people were Different generally clicks, you mean? Yeah, I guess it was a little clicky, but like I was friends with um like some of the dudes on the football team and I was friends with some of the dudes and ladies in the drama club and stuff. Like I was I kind of lingered in there because I was kind of an alternative listening leaning person digging getting into music getting into all types of punk and hardcore and indie and all this stuff and then i was playing sports like six days a week yeah i love that because not many people that are heavily into punk and hardcore also play sports that was also maybe it's a generation before like fuck sports fuck all that like right seven seconds had the song fuck sports um but it's cool you did that too and were you like uh were you partying and stuff no, um, I was straight edge from like, you know, 13 to like 23. Wow. I was straight edge for like 10 years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so, a good time to be too. Oh, I don't think I would have graduated high school if mm. I was also like yeah, getting stoned and shit. Were you like the only one that was like you? That, that young, 13 um, was crazy. All my buddies that I grew up with. Yeah. Who I'm still tight with now, like a main group of dudes. None of them are straight edge. None of them were. No, um, yeah. I just okay. existed as that guy in the gang that like. It's cool. Didn't drink. Yeah. Um, And that was totally due to hardcore and all that stuff. Getting into, you know, looking at some of the older kids, like what is, what are they doing? Like mm-hmm. some of my, some of my brother's friends and stuff were straight edge and, and I just, it was cool for me to learn about it. And and then I got into Minor Threat. And then you get into like... Gorilla Biscuit. Yeah, Woo. Youth of Today, Judge. And it's like... Um, it was appealing as a young kid. And I think it was really cool that I was straight edge for all that time. I think that was really, really good for me. Yeah. Like your adolescent, your growing years, <clears throat> going through school, all that peer pressure, all that different shit, right? Yeah, and I didn't feel like... like there was There was no point during that decade of being straight edge where I was like... Where I like felt I, pressured I, or nothing. No, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel pressured, but I also didn't feel like I wanted to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which was fine. Yeah. Um, your brothers weren't either. Just their friends. My brothers weren't straight edge. Yeah, it was same. two dudes. Um, 
most of their friends weren't. There's it, uh, like two or three of their friends were. Yeah. And those guys, I was like just interested in what that was. And yeah, you're young, you're young something to be a part of. And, yeah. and, um, and it was. And a lot of the guys I grew up with, like all the friends we made in hardcore, like the guys my age, because I was all the VOD dudes and all those yeah. guys were like five, four or five years older than us. Yeah. So we were just kind of, I don't know, we were just like young figuring it out kind of thing i'm glad of, i'm really glad i was straight edge for 10 years for sure yeah yeah so you didn't try anything until you're 23 um i was a little dirtbag when i was like right <laughs> <laughs> like right before i was like i'm straight edge oh, i was like that, yeah like um, even that young wow okay it's funny i i had like uh this is when like the in junior high school is when the dr dre like nothing but a g thing video came out yes when the refrigerator opens and it's just completely filled with frosty 40s yes i remember being a little kid being like i'm gonna hang i'm gonna have to try one of those <laughs> i'm gonna have to Directly hold one. influenced wow um <laughs> so i drank my uh my first real beer i was probably 12 and um it was in like on long island like the the mayor there's no mayor because it's not like there's mayors of the cities on Long Island. We don't need to get into any of that. <laughs> the county executive. Yeah. Um, which is like the mayor of the county, I guess. The president of the county. His kids were like party people and we went to school with all of them. So mm -hmm. one of his kids bought me my first 40 and I remember going to a party in junior high school, drinking like very little of it going to excusing myself to go pee in the bushes and pouring most of it out wow because i was like this is insane yeah, this I, is a huge yeah 40 i hate yeah. the way this tastes and <laughs> how the hell am i going to drink this whole thing and i weigh 75 pounds and it looks it looked cool in the video at least yeah i wish we well no That's i was just good, about to say i wish we had pictures of me with my first 40 but <laughs> i'm glad that we didn't have cell phones and shit when i was a kid so that was like your first and pretty much last attempt at a 40 ounce probably it's a lot to drink. I've had a 40 since, actually. Okay, so, yeah. It, it's like a big 40s gold, aren't like, Fuck. 40s are not practical. They get warm. Mm. You know what I mean? You have to drink it really fast to yeah. enjoy a 40. And it's pretty huge, too. Yeah. It was really just a symbol of like, like growing up, we were just like, this thing looks cool because this is what they were drinking in Boys <laughs> yeah. in the Hood and in, and in like amazing. Dre videos. Yeah. Um, so you graduate. Mm -hmm. And what's your goal is at that point? Nothing yet? So I graduated from high school. Um, my plan is to play soccer for the college I was going to. And, Which is? Uh, SUNY Farmingdale. Oh, SUNY, yeah, okay. Um, I went there for business because my dad, like, gunned to my head, like, what do I got? What, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He didn't have a gun to my head, but I was <laughs> yeah. in the hot seat, and I was just like, uh, own a restaurant. He goes, cool, go to school for business. So I go to school for business, and it's like all math classes. Wow. I barely graduated high school because of math. I hate math too. So never get at math. That summer, I'm getting ready to go to college and Glassjaw's playing in a basement out east and I would sing a song with them because one of their songs from their earlier releases, like lesser known release, had like two vocals that like overlapped the whole time. Gotcha. So I would sing it sometimes if I was around with Daryl because we were buddies and um, Eddie Reyes from Taking Back Sunday yep. watched me do that 
and then he asked me to join this new band that he was starting. And I wow. knew I knew him as Eddie from Clockwise. Clockwise, that's which right. Which is like another band that doesn't get mentioned enough. They True. We, everyone loved Clockwise back then. Um and that was a big deal for me. I like I knew Eddie's bands and shit. Like Yeah. So that that was my that was the it was like a life-changing thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought it was at the time. Yeah. But yeah, like ever since then I've been like you know, touring and making records. And so you weren't singing no bands before that. No, I like never even thought about it. Wow. Never even thought about being in a band. I just like hanging out and being part of the scene. I don't know why. Yeah. I was not an ambitious kid. But he saw that in you though, which is amazing. Yeah. I was like, I don't really sing. And he's like, I just, you do like, you just did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, that band ended up becoming movie life, the Mm. movie life, which is my first band. Yeah. Yeah. High school, in ninth grade, I played drums in a band that had a few songs that never played a show and only got together just to make noise and have fun. So I don't really count that. And wow. I don't play the drums. And you so, don't play the drums ever no. since then, really? I mean, I can play now yeah. a bit, but back then I couldn't move my foot and my hands at the same time. <laughs> like it was, I don't count it. So um, are you working a job then when the movie life starts? Oh, yeah. I started working when I was like 13 or 14 um, in a batting range nice yeah so i worked and they had a day camp there so i worked in the same place from like 13 or 14 to like into the movie life days when i would get home from tour i would still work there Wow. i probably worked there till i was 13 to like 21 that's cool yeah yeah it's a good job go back and forth too yeah they let me go do my thing and but yeah i've i've been working I, i i started working pretty young so movie life's what like 97 97 started, yeah. Um, How old are you then? 97. So when I was 17. Wow. Like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It started the summer. So I didn't turn 18 until I started college because I'm a September baby. Yeah. So I was 17 when the band started. That's so cool. Unless I'm tripping. That makes sense. Gotta be. Yeah, 17. I think that's cool starting bands in your team. I wish I started H2. I started H2 when I was 26. It's so fucking late, man. Yeah, but you had been hanging around I all the right had, people learning. Yeah, taking notes. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, 17. Fuck, that's so young. But then you think about all the bands now that are so young, touring right now, killing it. There's so many young bands like at that age in their teens. I know. I think about my son, like he's 19. If he started a band at 17, I'm going to start a band and go on tour. I'd be cool with it for sure, but it's just like, it just seems so young, but I know. Cool. <laughs> And you never recorded. It is. You never recorded anything before, or none of that, right? No, Nothing. My first time recording wow. was uh, 1997 with Mike Sapone, who ended up making all the brand new records and all you know a bunch of big stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was my first time. So the first record, it's Go Time, right? That's 99. Yeah, and we did the demos before that. You know, like you, you know the, how the demo game works. You have to have the demo, yeah. Um. Or so we did inch? two rounds of demos. Okay. On cassettes and toured on those and stuff. And tour then, on the demos. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, 98, first tour. And Jeep, Jeep Grand Cherokee. Damn. Um, no internet, no YouTube, no just like touring. Maybe yeah. MapQuest? Like map maybe Christ. maybe MapQuest. Probably MapQuest. Oh, we had those map, those books in the in the van. The yeah, the called. Atlas, the yes. Road Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> so is movie life like when you first couple shows, you got are you creating like a, a following and a buzz before your first album? We were friends with everybody on Long Island, mm-hmm. so that's helpful. Uh, everybody would come and support. Um, yeah. You know, our first show had a bunch of people at it because everyone, wa- you know, everyone wanted to support 
their friends. Um, totally. I would say it probably took like a year before we started seeing people sing along. Like, yeah. and then maybe another year after that where people that we didn't recognize singing along. Yeah, You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, the word was spreading. Yeah, for sure. Long Island shows started getting pretty good and we started doing weekends and, do, you know, all that, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. And who came up with the name? Um... Me and Daryl, I don't know which one of us, we had this like fake band in his bedroom too when we were growing up <laughs> nice. and we called it the movie life Okay, and we didn't do anything with it. Um, name, so yeah. when I joined Eddie's new band, I remember being like, can I use the movie life? We're not using it. And then I took it. Yeah. Perfect. man. I don't know who to- coined the phrase. I'm going to say me. Okay. Yeah. Are you a big movie person too? I like movies a lot. Yeah. 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 Same. Um, Okay, so that comes out, and you guys. Are, so when that when that, when it's go time comes out, you guys just nonstop touring for that record. Nonstop. Who put that out? It's called Fadeaway Records. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know Mike Dubin. He's an old school I Long Island name. head. Yeah, um, yeah. Friends with everybody. Knows everybody. You've run into him. Sure. Uh, him and our other friend Dave Cohen started a record label, nice. and Movie Life was like ready to be a real band at the same time. Perfect. And. Um, yeah, we we went nuts, toured as much as we possibly could. So it's go time. We were out with that was that Kill Your Idols tour. Um, toured a lot on our own. Played, you know, trading shows with people, doing yeah. whatever. Um, For the listeners, what's trading shows mean? Oh, like hey, come to Long Island. We'll headline a show. There'll be hundreds of kids there. Like. But if you don't mind us passing through West Virginia, like, you know, putting us on before you. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so that your friends don't leave. Yeah. And then, like. Um, I love that, man. Also, if you don't mind, if we all sleep over your house. Kind <laughs> <of thing. laughs> yeah. I love that whole, like, community and all that stuff. That's way before, like, the internet stuff. They're just, just having friends and people in different cities and towns. And they put you up, put you on the bill, or jump up, play a couple songs. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing, the scene we come from like that, you know? Yeah, it is. And um, I hopefully everybody's learning that way still. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how it is out there. It, it just sure. to be a young person in general is probably nuts. But like yes. to be, you know, touring wise, I mean, I feel like if you get a bunch of Instagram followers, you might have a better <laughs> chance at like, yeah, you know what I mean? Um, Maybe just promoting a show to put a flyer up on in- Instagram. That's it. Yeah. Don't worry about going out, handing them out, putting records, all that stuff. So different. Yeah. Be creative about it and like make it go viral somehow. Yeah. Being with your young person knowledge. Not saying it's not saying it's not as hard as it was for us starting bands, but the hustle and bustle of it seems to be, seems to be way less with with social media and with online stuff and pre- all that stuff. Seems you know? so much easier to promote things. It's crazy. But yeah. back then, it's like, like you said, word of mouth. Or um, or hearing about bands from thank you list or what T-shirt they're wearing on the back of the record, all that stuff. Finding about bands, discovering them. It was such yeah. a beautiful thing, like discovering bands and you know. Yeah, the um, the first thank you list we ever got to make was like a huge milestone. It's I was like, I've been waiting deal. my whole life for this. And it's I like, can't wait to shout huge. everybody out. Yeah, no, and you can't miss one person. No, because you'll never hear the end of it. Yeah, yeah. We used to go through our shit like. Like crazy for months, back and forth, double checking everything, man. Because that's it was such a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that was fun. That (laughs) that was that was really part of it. Was just as fun. Oh yeah, I would read them all. Other bands or like see what they shouted out or 
what shirt they're wearing. Or just a, a message sometimes, like, this is what we stand for kind of thing. Like, whoa, okay, yeah. shit, uh, you, you know. All the art and all like all that cool stuff with making records, yeah. I love all that shit. I still yeah. love it so much. So, um, so it's go time, and then this time next year is 2000. So at that point, you guys are on a different level by the time that one comes out, the second one. Yeah, that was like a full-time thing for you. You're still working? In um, definitely, So yeah. going back to the batting range, okay. Yeah, um, so 2000, I was 20, 21. So 2000, I would have been... And you're still edge at that point, too. Cause that was still edge, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right around the time I got my straight edge tattoo that I still have. Wow, Um nice. And... Yeah, game changer for sure. I mean, we worked really hard and toured a lot and also bugged every label that we could about coming to see us or whatever. Okay. You had no ma- ever manager at that point? Um, I don't know. No, not yet. Super DIY, yeah. Um, Love that shit. So there's one little step that's important. So we Deep Elm put us on the Emo Diaries compilation. Do you remember those? Yeah, I remember Deep Elm. I remember, yeah. Deep Elm put up one of our songs Texas? on there. Oh, where is it, Deep? Oh, where is it? I'm not sure. I'm not I sure where they were from. Okay. Um, they put you on Emo? They what? got us on the Emo Diaries compilation. That's a and big compilations deal. are... Okay. Yeah, they were huge back then. And that, sure. that's when the A&R at the time, who's still a dear friend of mine, uh, Jason Upright, reached out from Revelation and we were like... Wow. Whoa. <laughs> this isn't going to happen. Um, that's cool get that rev r on your shit it's cool i i remember i i almost got i almost got like the our like rev star with the number in the star i like almost got that tattooed on me like that week um it was really important to all of us it was it was a huge achievement um much more than we ever thought would happen for our band when we started yeah um yeah we were on revelation records um a Long Island band on Rev, which was sick. Was that like the first one? Probably the first one. I don't, I don't, I don't want to like. Yeah, I don't know either. Maybe some obscure shit way back in the 80s was from Long Island. Or a I'm few of sure. those dudes from some of those old New York bands were Long Island dudes. Yeah, or yeah, what? yeah. But this is like a. Certainly one of the band. first Long Island bands on that's Rev. Cool. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Yeah, very so that's special. That's really exciting. Um, right around that time, we start like getting bigger tours. Um, Toured with Newfound Glory right when they were popping off. Wow. Um, it was Glass Job, Movie Life, Newfound Glory, and Autopilot Off was wow. it, was the Autopilot tour. Off. Shout out to Autopilot yeah. Off. Also, Newfound Glory, man, who took us as well out. They took so many bands out, looked out for so many up-and-coming bands and really, really oh, helped all of us. Oh, for real. They, like... I remember the new the Newfound Glory show. We did really well. We were like, oh, we're, we, we do well with this kind of crowd. Uh-huh. I remember that being the first time, like at the end of that tour, the first time we got like a few hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the tour, like we split a little bit of money up and was like, holy shit. Because up until then, we were paying to be in the band. We would pay band dues into a box. Wow. To like pay for the van payments and all that Everybody's shit. working too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, Found Glory audience was super open-minded. Those oh, young they were kids cool. were so psyched. Yeah, and, and if Newfound Glory thought it was cool to bring you, then. They, they were just stoked to see you. Yeah, it's great. And they were like real peeps who were like involved with the scene. Yes. Knew, already knew some of my friends on Long Island just from being hardcore kids. You know yep. what I mean? 
um that was a game changing thing like we could go back to those cities the next time and have like a good show it was that good that's awesome a lot of the newfound glory fans right at the beginning when they popped off playing 500 to a thousand seaters yeah they like barely they did they like new green day and newfound glory maybe Yeah. yeah so anything else that came across their nose that newfound glory was vouching for totally like, they were just down so movie life did really well um goldfinger another band that was super supportive um shot the they took they took us out a, a lot that's awesome um h2l could say the same thing we ended up playing a lot of shows that's together right. um we did yeah dude a lo- in another lifetime for real like, yeah 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 i was i don't know maybe 22 back yeah and we played right? when we played together 21 22 yeah but i love that what you just said two few minutes ago it was really important for the listeners like back then it's like if you came through a town with newfound glory or the boss tones or whoever you tour with boss tones another one yeah and then the best case scenario is you have a great show you get some new people that like your band and then when you come through you don't wait too long to come back and you come through within like a year and then hopefully those same kids will come check you out on a headlining tour. And if that happens, that means that connection was real. That's it's such a beautiful thing, and that's 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 what you want. That's why I love playing to like not just a hardcore crowd. <clears throat> People give a shit for it for touring with bands like Newfound Glory, the Boston's. But for us, it's like you can only preach to the converted for so long. It's like I'd rather get the message out to everybody, and I like the challenge of winning over a crowd. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially back then, I had more. Yeah. I had more energy for it back then. <laughs> um, Impatient, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. No, it's like only not just like once again, just stay in the hardcore bubble, play the hardcore shows. No, I want to go open for the the Boston's tour. Put us on the map, New Fun Glory, all those bands, man. Even Sum Forty One, and but people got so bummed that we did that. I'm like, why? It's you should be happy for the band. We're trying to, I don't know, get our message out there. You know? I know, I I know, man. And I we we. It, maybe in a slightly different way but like we were doing only hardcore tours basically because that's the world we lived in but yeah. we we weren't playing hardcore music really yeah so like but that's good cause you stood out on the bill which is great. yeah and back then it did work it seems to be working again now which is cool 100%. to see full um, circle yeah but like we did we made a conscious effort to play like w- let's not play all hardcore shows you know what i mean yeah and that's when we kind of like we 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 like got a new booking agent and things like that like we need we wanted to we started to get very ambitious and not like we want to be rock stars but just like oh i like touring let's keep touring yeah let's keep making records let's keep growing as musicians this is fun yeah you know when you guys got bigger were were people were there some haters too i'm sure the that was kind of before the message maybe the message boards were kicking off then even the Rev board, dude. I, I remember when we signed to Rev, the Rev board was not nice to movie life. They were like, what is this? And But some people were like, no, this is cool. Like, I like, yeah. you know, I, I listen to Lifetime, not just Earth Crisis, so I can yeah. relate to this kind of thing. You know what I, I mean? I love the diversity of Revelation, for sure. You yeah. know, it's funny, like the boards, it's like, we're talking about message boards, like they like actually, they kind of meant something back then, like maybe they hurt your feelings a little bit, but it's not even a real place. It's just like the internet. It's like it's basically like a more depraved uh, Twitter, if it could be that way. That was like the beginning of it, then. It's pre-Twitter, right? Like, pre-Twitter. Yeah. Well, message boards started kicking in, and hardcore. Pro- oh man, say whatever so the fuck negative. you want. Oh my god. Yeah. Kind of hurt me. It was sad. There was some whatever, but it's just the internet. Now it's like way different what the internet is and all that kind of stuff. But back then it was just like. 
really there's like this board where people can't show their face. You don't know who they are, and they're just <clears throat> saying dumb shit about your band. Yeah, and on those message boards, it would just be like, I mean, you can still do that now, right? On yeah. Like have a shit, like a bur- burner account or whatever. Yeah. Back then, it was just like some stupid X something else X <laughs> <laughs> on the on the rev board saying it's... like terrible things about the movie life. And did you ever let that stuff bother you, reviews or comments like that? that I'm ever... sure, yeah. In the beginning, as a young kid, like I can't tell you how much I don't read now. I don't read. The only things I read are like I love that. I I like I'm in touch with the people who follow me on social media and they can reach out to me if they want. I'm pretty accessible. Yeah. And it's like that's the only stuff I read is like messages or real what? discourse and a conversation totally. back and forth with people that are interested in Will things you that DM I'm doing. back and forth to people like Yeah, sometimes yeah, like yeah. some I can't like do all of them but yeah. like I try I try yeah. to be like, oh shit, this person went out of their way to like tell me how much this shit means to them. Totally. You know what I mean? So, but yeah. I'll I, definitely respond to those. That's the shit the I, re- I, I like reading what people are into and I like, I like knowing what I, what of what I'm doing is resonating. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, those old Rev words that, that, and then that whole time right there going back to Rev. Yeah. Drive through records was knocking on the door. Popping. Like, they've been knocking on the door, and we were Remember keeping that. it very real. We were just like, we're good. We're good where we are. Were they a subsidiary of something? MCA. Yes. That was Newfound. Yep. Um, Midtown. Our Expandits. Was so our Expandits. So our contemporaries were like Midtown, Newfound Glory. The starting line had just started. Finch right. had just started. Finch. Something Corporate had just started. Uh, RX Bandits were popping. Um, yeah, those kind of, that was like our contemporaries. And that was that was the label, though, Drive Through, I remember, for oh a long God, time. Dude. Our fan base, like. It was everything. Before anybody even saw us, they were like, oh, this is my new favorite band because Drive Through signed them. And that, w- like, people just trusted them so much to deliver. Like the what fats they and wanted. the epitaphs back in exactly, the day. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Those compilations, all that stuff was so important, man. Yeah. Um, wow. So drive through. So uh, another pivotal fork in the road. Reach the sky and movie life. Driving across the country to meet Bane. Wow, what a sick tour in Seattle. Yes. So we have a van rack in the Dakotas, and like, it was over. Really? It was over. Yeah, vans trashed, trailers trashed, gears trashed. Are you guys trashed? We got so lucky, man. Um, Holy crap. Brandon like broke his wrist or something. Yeah. Phil had a big cut across his nose. Um, there was some blood and some stitches and some broken bones, but uh, nothing quite like it, it, how bad it could have been. Wow. Um, but it was, we lost all our stuff. This van we had paid for with all the band dues that we'd been paying wow. to be in the band. Um, so... We retreated home. We never, to this day, have never played with Bane. At that Pittsburgh show, did you see Zach? Yeah. He was driving. Yeah, he's he with somebody, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went up to him and I was like, what's up? I'm Vinny, man. We've never met. I was supposed to meet. We were supposed to tour together. <laughs> and first, there was this weird like curse where we never, not even a festival, played with Bane. Wow. So um, 
I went, I went and said hello and like, you know, really nice guy. You watched a document, incredible documentary, man. Oh, d- so sick. I was bawling. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. Yeah. Really important band. Yes. Uh, righteous band, too. Yes. Um, when we get home, van's out of business, trailer's busted, we need new guitars, like a lot of shit broke. We went back to drive through and we're like, all right, well, what do you we're listening what's the offer <laughs> yeah we- <laughs> and uh yeah the offer was like nothing we had ever seen before yeah um and our ambition met that like we knew that we wanted to keep going we wanted totally. to keep going up that's the next level man and um we knew the resources they had so we were like yeah like we need a new van we need a new trailer we need new gear we need money to like buy <laughs> yeah. buy peanut butter Start and over, jelly basically. yeah uh money to eat was um, Rev just a one record deal? No, Drive Through had to buy out the contract. Okay, so they were happy it's a too. Big thing back then, like, yeah. and Rev got to keep the record. Cool. To this day, awesome. so Rev did well with the record because it ended up doing pretty well. And Drive Through, you know, got us after that, and Rev got some, uh, probably a good amount of money from Drive Through, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. that's awesome. What year would that be? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Yeah. Something like that. 2001, yeah. 2002. It's funny you say that. Um, one time our van got, st- one time our trailer got stolen in Jersey City with all of our gear in it, and Epitaph bought us a brand new trailer and brand new gear. Were like, you already on the label? Yeah, and they and labels would do cool things like that back yeah. then. It was amazing, man. They actually cared. That yeah. was crazy, man. They were selling records too. People oh, were buying records back then. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So now you're on drive through. Is that like a, is that like a major label deal in a sense? I guess it was like a mini major deal. Yeah, there was like uh, there was like they could upstream you at any time, but like we didn't sign the deal and get rich. Yeah, we of we, we signed like a good indie deal. Yeah, and are people tripping on you guys going to drive through at that point or not? I'm sure the Rev Board was talking about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or whatever boards were popping off back that then. That was that was the label back then. Drive through that was fucking. Yeah. But it makes sense for you guys, 100%. Totally. But we did feed into it a little bit because the release that we we did an EP like pretty quickly after we signed yeah. and it was very pop punkish. Like much more pop punk than our the Rev release. And you did it on purpose to try to like I don't remember ever trying to do anything on purpose, but going back and listening to it, I think like is proof that even subconsciously we were trying to do something. Yeah. Some of the songs on that record are some of our biggest songs still. Okay. And they sound way better. I don't like the way I sing on that record. It's my relate. main thing. Okay. I remember going in with Brian McTurnan. He did all the movie Oh, nice. Shout out to Brian, man. Salad Day Studios. Yeah, dude. He's he's like such an instrumental. Great human. Shout out to B-Well as we, well. If I didn't mention Brian in this journey to you i would have had to do one of the call-ins that you do because <laughs> he's I so instrumental him, we like asked him like five times to be our manager and he's like i'm not a band manager oh, i'm wow. not your dad you guys need to figure it out super talented human man fuck dude yeah brian's amazing so he did the rev record and the two drive-through releases so, like I mean, he did awesome. like all the records that people like heard from us yeah um and was super instrumental, and he was like a sixth member of the band, which he often ends up being because he just cares so much yeah. um, about everything he does. So, um, That's awesome. So we went in with Brian. He goes, is something wrong with your voice? I'm like, oh, God. 
So I go to an ear, nose, and throat specialist in, in DC, uh, DC, where we were at. Yeah. Oh no, we were. He was in Maryland at the time, in Beltsville, and he. They shoved a camera down my throat, and he was just like, "I thought you, you, you know, you hear the nightmares of like the nodes or the yeah. polyps on your vocal cords, and Scary. dudes getting vocal cord surgery and stuff." So I went down there. And the guy was like, nah, like you, you just have acid reflux. And I'm like, what's that? He's like, it's like heartburn, like all the time. And I was like, okay. And he's like, what's your lifestyle? I'm like, Denny's at two in the morning, <laughs> eat, drinking, you know, orange soda. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Uh, <laughs> after a show with the band, with the local bands that we played with. So, um, he, he, they, it was like new, like there was no, yeah, we talked there was like one that. medicine they made for it. Yeah. And I got on that and had changed my whole diet anyway i had to sing through that for the it's gambling problem uh movie life has a gambling problem release and uh i'm just i'm just super thin and super reserved and i'm not really going Mm. so it really fed into like just the it was too the the edge had disappeared a little bit So it wasn't on purpose because it was drive because it was poppy. It was just your voice at the time. The music got poppier, I think, subconsciously or not subconsciously. <laughs> I don't know. But um, my voice, I was just in terrible shape, so I just did what I could do that session. I remember that. That was a pretty life change. I still do that now. I take medicine every morning. Still, wow. I can't eat like, I can't eat spices. I can't eat tomatoes. I can't wow. eat garlic, onions. I can't have And there's coffee. way better medicines now probably at this point. Totally, but okay. they don't let me like do whatever I want. Like mm-hmm. I still need to be so a it's a lifetime bland thing. ass dude. My shit is bland. It sucks. <laughs> that sucks. I love everything too. I love like every food I've ever eaten. Fuck. I can't eat most of it though. You know what's crazy? You say the like, vocals. I thought that like it was the way it was produced because I hate my vocals. I always talk about the Go record. I was overproduced and I didn't write any lyrics on that record. My mind wasn't there. I didn't want to leave independent and go to a major, but I did it. It's kind of went... Let my brother and Rusty kind of take the ropes of that album. Okay. And then my, my vocals were overproduced and layered and f- I can't even listen to it, man. Yeah. But my dream is to redo it with Chad Gilbert producing it. Like the last Retract the whole record? Yes, and make it just sound like, because those songs stand up live, but like recorded, I can't even listen to it. It gives me fucking cringe douche chills. I know um, exactly. I know exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean? know that I know. I know. Um, but live it's different you can put those songs in the set and they fucking flow that's the thing we were playing shows with you guys during those days and like it didn't sound like that live it just sounded like H2O songs yeah but the production oh god man it's when you get into the major label world it is and it's not a regret because it was the time it was what we were doing but subconsciously not for me I just I, I, did, I was not there I, I was not into it but the rest of the guys like they were subconsciously probably going to major with newfound and blink and let's you know we already have a melody let's push that melody even further but it wasn't trying to be something we weren't we never were like that but just the sound of that record plus no matter what you do back then whatever label you sound to you're already getting judged do you know what i'm saying like it didn't matter Uh, i would have signed to major in a second back then yeah they hated you before they even heard the record because of the major but then if it came out a little bit poppy then it's a wrap which is silly because if you think i mean obviously a lot of the punk bands that signed to majors in the 90s like they did make some of their best records and people hated on them back then because they had to for sure it was for like thing. their punkness but like <laughs> yeah, for the punkness i mean i remember jawbreaker dear you being like nope and now they played they get reunited and played four shows at brooklyn steel <laughs> and like That's i know insane. they played a few shows at palladium yeah Hour. it's like 
Yeah, people love that record. It was a sellout record for us now, especially we go to South America. Some of the songs are our biggest songs, but mm -hmm. it's cool to like it now, but back then it was just like... Yeah. It's a different timing, you know? Yeah, people care about different things now. And people listen, they, they think I hate their record so much. I don't hate it. I just don't like my vocals. There's some really great songs on there, but I just... Yeah. You know, someday I like to redo it. It's not, it's not a regret or nothing, just... I've gotten called out on, on that, by the way. I thought you hated this song. Why, why are you playing it? And I'm like, I don't hate it. It's just... <laughs> I can't. I wish I could change the way it, it it appeared, but it caught people's ears back then for sure. It yeah. was our first like introduction into the drive-through world as far as releasing recorded music, and people we released this song called Hand Grenade on the um, Atticus compilations. Atticus, Atticus was so supportive of all of huge us. Huge back then. Tom and Mark's company, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and all With their the buds were like helping run it. Yeah. Between that and the shoes and. Yeah. Huge, bro. There, there was one point, I just, this kind of just popped back into my head. Like, we eventually had like a van that like Atticus helped pay for with a big bird on the side. Wow. Straight up. Like, they were really, really supportive. Damn. Um, And that compilation, you remember how important compilations were into to exposing you 100%. know pe new people to new to the warp new tour comps that were free all those ones just one song on it huge so we had a this song called hand grenade on one of the songs uh, on one of the comps and i just remember that being people still tell me to this day that's how i know you that's so you know cool. what i mean how yeah. important that was just the street teams handing out fucking cds at every tour man so important and that people were like interested in hearing them like people were hungry they were new to this punk thing and they were yeah like and kids love free shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Like, wow, this is free. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stickers. <laughs> oh, it was Atticus and Macbeth. That's right. Macbeth. Yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? I don't know how my son saw it because he was around by there. But ever since my son was a little kid, he always wanted to get it, that dead bird on his. He's like, my first tattoo. I'm gonna get a dead bird on my face. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so happy it never <laughs> happened. But like, he was obsessed with like that dead bird image. I don't know what the fuck that was from. That was such a big deal, man. That brand. It was huge. Um, Hurley too. That wasn't was blowing up too. We like did like it got like I remember going to Park City like representing Atticus and <laughs> Macbeth rocking all the gear like there was like some clothing convention or something and they, invi they invited like a few rockers out to be part of it. We didn't do anything except like get on stage at one point and like flat like what's up and rock the gear seriously but we had this free wow. ski trip and I'm, <laughs> I'm just remembering this too. It was me. It's uh, how I got to know Dave Kennedy. We got Kennedy. like put in a ski lodge together. Wow. With him, me and Dave. Was that Boxcar Racer days maybe? Yeah, probably Boxcar yeah. Racer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Shout out to Dave Kennedy. He's got James yeah. Coffey now I, killing dude, it, dude. Dude, I haven't seen him in years and I literally like, I got to get, like, get his number from you I'll or give something. It to you, yeah. I feel like such an asshole. Like we, we used to chill back in the day. Um, and I've like fallen out of touch with him and I fucking regret that. He's killing Life's it, too short to not, to, fucking let shit slide like he's that. got a second baby on the way he's an angels and airways we just did some hazen street shows with him great he's killing it man the james coffee man dude i know it's huge and i'm not even a coffee guy but when i drank coffee it was i knew it was really good yeah yeah um he's a special dude so um so but yeah we were like all yeah the atticus the thing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um so how, when that drive through record comes out it's a good reception your first big release with them the EP, uh, Gambling Problem EP was the first thing. Good reception, sold a bunch. Um, I've told this story recently, but like... Not on this podcast. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, not on this podcast. Um, 
Good Charlotte needs to be mentioned. Shout him out. Good Charlotte brought the movie life out before they were like a household name. Wow. But they were still headlining Irving Plaza and shit. Totally. I didn't know who they were though because we were not tied into that world. Like, yeah. It was like on a slightly Christian, slightly major yeah. label-y Christian thing going on. Totally. They took us out on a US tour. Um, and I remember being at Quest Club, Minneapolis. Yes. Prince's Spot. Yep. Great pizza spot next to it. We had 200 EPs that we were given for like the week. That should be enough, right? Um, and then we were picking up the rest. I don't remember the reason for that or whatever. Yeah. Um, we played with Good Charlotte at the Quest and we sold 200 records at the show. Wow. For real. Holy shit. 200 records. So like one out of every five people at the show bought the record at the show. Incredible. We were like, this is going to be good. I think people are like digging this. Yeah. So it did. It went really well. Um, we toured a ton. And then we wrote a record called 40 Hour Train Back to Penn. It's a cool name. Uh, thank you. It's like, it, it harks back to like the van rack and stuff. Because we ended up taking a eight hour bus to Fargo. And then a train from Fargo back to Penn Station in New York. Wow. All banged up, you know, and like defeated, you know. Yeah. Um, so releasing that record, we did it with Brian. We kind of knew what we were doing now. We knew we wanted it to be less pop punk and more just like us, whatever that was at that time. Yeah. Um. And we made a record that people love still. Um, it's the 20th anniversary next year, actually. Oh, we'll probably play some shows, yeah. And then... Uh, 2003, that's right. 2003. We released it in February 2003. We went on a big tour with Finch and The Used, who were both <laughs> massive at the time, Damn. co-headlining. Great uh, My Chemical Romance opening. <laughs> opening for you guys? Yeah, we were... <laughs> they were first... <laughs> We and now there's second. six nights at the forum right now. Oh, wow, I know. It's bro. insane. They were a different band back then. I remember watching them being like, this is cool. And I knew they were punk, like real punks and like we got along really well. But like none of their songs really hit hit me. Yeah. And then like, I don't know. They just became masters. <laughs> it was insane. And even bigger now in 2022. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I think like... I think that My Chemical Romance headlining arenas around the world is fucking cool. It's amazing, yeah. man. Um, so they opened. They wow. opened that tour. We were up playing in front of two, 3,000 kids a night with a brand new record out. We Perfect. made even more fans. Um, I kind of left out. We started going to England pretty early on in the game and did really well in England. Okay. Which so, not many bands do. They would stick to like just the mainland in Europe. We like really concentrate on going back there like twice a yeah, year. Right there. Um, and we went to Europe here and there, movie life, but like a lot of UK. Um, we did a headlining UK tour. We did a uh, a summer co-headlining tour with Further Seems Forever. We headlined Irving Plaza for the first time. Ooh. We we supported you guys there, I believe. Yeah. I, um. So it was a major like. It's a big deal uh, having Irving Plaza, yeah. Very big deal. Saw some of my favorite bands there growing up. Yeah. Everything's cool. We go play Reading and Leeds, which was a huge, uh, another milestone. Fuck yeah. We had a crazy set. Um, songs like on the Kerrang radio or whatever. We're doing like BBC interviews, all this shit. Wow. 
we come home, we do a tour with us and Fairweather was supporting us. And things things are just not going well. We're really tired of each other. We had been touring the whole year. Yeah. And we were growing apart. And during that tour, we decided that we were breaking up in the fall. So the record had only been out for maybe six months or 2003, so. 2004 ish, yeah. Two, fall of 2003. Damn, man. So we played Skate Fest. At the height of everything. Yeah. Everything's going good as far as like the band and people loving you and. Oh my god, people were so pissed. I remember multiple like I remember the label in England being like, What the fuck are you doing? Were you pissed? Were you bummed? Uh, Brian McTurnan flew to New York, sat us all down and was like, Don't break up. Like your dad. Just go just just and I wish and I will I'm gonna say this to anyone listening who's in a band or wants to be in a band or whatever. Don't break up unless unless you're in a completely toxic situation totally. that's not good for you as a human being. But if you guys are just tired of each other because you're waking up in a hotel bed next to each other all day, yeah, and you're sitting in the thing, and the one guy's really fucking annoying, maybe just get rid of the one guy. Or but take like, a break. Or just take a t- break. That's what that's what I'm saying. Like like all jokes aside, like yeah, just stop and don't say anything. Don't say hey, we're taking a break. We're on hiatus. Just go away. What's the worst that's going to happen? People will miss you. Totally. So, and be excited to see you again. Yeah. So we like we straight up. We had Brian McTurnan flew to New York, sat us down, bought us all dinner and was like I would like to be the first to tell you not to break up like officially. I don't know what's wrong with you guys, blah blah blah. My father was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" He goes, "You're finally getting somewhere with this." You had us worried. We've obviously been like stressed out about our son trying to be a musician. Yeah. Making a few hundred dollars a week. And now you're killing it and you're stopping. Yeah. Wow, dude. So. Is that a regret for you back then? Not at all. Okay. Um, not at all. Honestly, the. I don't know what, where we. I don't think we would have been able to go from there. Like musically speaking, yeah, making a record with each other. I think everyone was growing so far apart, like taste wise, that the next movie life record, if we stayed together, it would have been like people pulling every single member of the band pulling it in a different direction yeah. creatively. Yeah, uh, and I think people would have been bummed on it. Okay, and that's smart move. Yeah. So and and it led me to like so much more fun in my life. Like yeah. the next chapter after movie life is like I'm the avalanche. Yeah, and like having a different kind of fun and traveling the world as a, as a kind of as an adult now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of good you ended on a, on a great note like that with a record people love than just like going through the motions just to do it to do it and not being 100% on the same page all of you guys and putting out some lame record that you, you, you really regret. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's smart what you did. Yeah, I mean, it was a reactionary thing, just breaking up instead of like, hey, let's just take a break from each other for a little <laughs> while and see if like the love replenishes. You, you know? get burnt, man. Yeah. Um. So I was on a construction site with Tim Williams from VOD. Uh, wow. Wor- working for him. Wow. We We played on the Saturday in December, you know, at Skate Fest, the Palladium was our yeah. last show. Okay. That Monday, I was in Clinton Hill on a construction site loading a dumpster for Tim. Tim is your boss on the site. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's a reality. I, I mean, we knew we were breaking up maybe a, month, a week or two before that. 
How like is we, that reality, like going from that world? Because touring is like a fantasy world. You're living your best life. I mean, like you're just doing what you love. Then, then you have a boss on Monday, and one of your favorite bands, and you work construction. It's just the light. Just like crazy how it is. It it's was crazy. nuts. I was. It, <laughs> it didn't matter that we were living with our parents back then because we were never home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, now I was home. You're home. And my parents were like, "How old you then?" Figure it out. Um. So it's 2003. So. I had just had my 24th birthday. When, so now now when you're back at up. home and you're working construction. Yeah, and I'm not. Wow. And I'm like, I don't have any sort of skills like that. So. Wow. I was miserable. I was making money. <laughs> I was I making sure, more money than what you, in But band. not doing what you love, which you've been doing for so long. No, and it was depressing, man. That bad. Like, you know. It's like nice you, You're in like a musty, yeah. mildewy basement, like loading it, like, like demoing shit. In Clinton Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, With Tim VOD, which is cool. I mean, he was cool as hell to me, and he's always been cool his whole life. But he was the me, boss. So you were he, doing he the was the boss. <laughs> he told me a bunch of times. I was talking about the, you know, talking to the guys I'm w- working with who were also like music guys and stuff. And he, I remember multiple times Tim coming over and being like, listen, you can't just talk all day. You got to fucking work. And I'm like, I'm working. I'm like, I'm working. I'm working. He eventually tries to like, he's he's like, dude, it's time for you to get tools and shit. Like, this is all the shit you need and these are all the skills you need to learn. And I was like, dude. It's such grown up reality, man. Fuck. I told Tim, I was like, dude, you know that I'm not cut out for this, dude. <laughs> I'll load a dumpster for you all day. I have a young, strong back. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but I can't cut tiles for you and like start putting walls up and f- making measurements. And like, I just... My head wasn't there. I could have done it. Of course I could have done it. But like... You're a musician. This is what you've been doing for so yeah. long. It's like... So right around that time, um, Daryl split off from Glassjaw, started Head Automatica. Great band. And amazing band. Popaganda is one of the finest pop rock records of the last... What's the one with Brooklyn's Burning? That's the first one, <sighs> which is great. Fire. Decadence, Ooh. it's called. Great song. So uh, amazing. Um... So Daryl knew Movie Life was breaking up. He was putting a band together. I joined Head Automatica playing guitar and like know that. and singing like uh, harmonies and stuff. Wow! I played two shows. Okay. And then I started on the Avalanche. Um, but had an amazing time with a bunch of amazing people in the band. Yeah. We're staying in San Francisco a lot because like half the band was in San Francisco in the beginning. It was all Dan the Automators guys. Okay. So, um, I in the, I in the avalanche for uh, head automatic. Okay, okay. So Dan, the automator produced the first head automatic okay. record. So he brought some of his guys in and then Daryl brought like me, Josh from American nightmare. Oh wow. Larry from glass jaw. Um, we played Spaceland. Yep. Uh, and we played the flaunt magazine party at Sundance film festival. And <laughs> and then uh, I went on to start I Am the Avalanche after that, and then our other friend Craig, who like was from the next town over, took my place in on guitar. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you came up with the name for that. I Am the Avalanche. I Am the Avalanche. I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that inspiration? That was me like writing lyrics and writing stuff, just like stream of consciousness stuff yeah that would eventually become lyrics and i just liked the way it looked okay that's all i took that yeah yeah oh thanks i I don't really i don't really have a reference on if that's a good (laughs) name or not were you always a writer doing poetry and stuff like that throughout your life or that just kicked in when you started never 
Movie as life. soon as I started having to write lyrics, wow. that, that was when I started writing. It's very therapeutic. Oh, writing lyrics, I don't dude. know where I'd be without that writing, recording, performing this yeah. stuff that you're getting off your chest. You know, yeah, it's very therapeutic. And I thought that that's all I, I could get out all my therapy with. But now recently I started going to a therapist for the first time in my life. Oh, you have? The first oh, cool. time ever. Have you ever been to one? Never. Okay, it's my first time. Nobody in my family's done it. I'm like breaking the tradition of not going because I got inspired by a guest who was on it. So I'm going for my second meet up with this lady. Very but yeah, cool. music's always been my therapy as far as that's concerned. But right. Yeah. Yeah, but life, life gets, life starts to bubble up. You I know. know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I there's, I, I could definitely benefit by seeing someone for yeah. sure. I just never have because we have all of our coping things that I we know. just get used to. We I get know. used to the way we cope. Totally. And, and is it enough? And is it really happening or helping? Who knows? I'm going to find out. Until it's not enough is yeah. when you, I mean, I'm sure that's what eventually brought you to where, you know. Yeah, I just got inspired by the conversation. I was like, I've been talking about it for every episode of this whole freaking podcast. Yeah. I was like, let me just try it and do it. And I went, had a consultation. It was amazing. Cool. And now I'm going for my next one. And like, I didn't tell my wife and my son. I told them once I made the appointment, they were super proud because we've been talking about it for years. And um, Very cool. Yeah. Because I haven't put out a record like in eight years, so I haven't been writing anything. So, But I am inspired to do something new. That's but, great. Um, yeah. Well, who was the guest that inspired you? Um, her name is Jessica Alexander. She's okay. a strength and conditioning coach for Nike SB skateboarders. And she created okay. a ho- her own lane doing that, going to Olympics, travel around, helping all these athletes with mental and physical care. Dope. I so, didn't. I listened to a lot of the episodes. It's not even out yet, but I'm going to give you her information. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. She's cool. incredible. Awesome. And she came to my crib last week and she did like a whole body thing for me and my wife. She did cupping on us, all this shit. Like, it's sick. Great. I'm all about that life. Yes. Um, <laughs> so um, I am the avalanche. So that's just like, that's just all you. You don't have to count on really anybody. You have a band, obviously, but this is like your project. This is like, right? So it's a different energy yeah. starting that. This is my first time ever writing music on my own. Mm. Um, I basically just like wrote vocals over movie life stuff, you know? Yeah. So the first Avalanche record is me writing a record. Um, yeah. I probably wrote half of it on my own, and then I put a band together as that time went by. Yeah. Um, and just put together like a, like a all star cast of people I liked and people I like making mental notes, playing shows. That's a sick bass yeah, player, yeah, yeah. and he's a guy I like hanging out with. But just in case, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's um, cool. So I put together a band. They all met each other the first. Uh, practice. Wow. And they're all like best friends still. And, like, That's we're amazing, all, and man. We're, we're all like really close. Yeah. So, so how soon did it go from like, I'm not, I'm not cut for this construction life. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate the job offer. You just like went to writing like, fuck, I need to get back on the road. I need to make music. This is my life. You know what I mean? Like right around that time, um, the head automatica time. Yeah. Which was super. You got the taste again. You're back oh, on the road dude. again. Very inspirational being around everybody. Yeah. Um, so right, I'm forgetting a very important uh, another fork in the road. There is in San Francisco. Stop being straight edge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what what triggered that? Like how that? What like what brought that upon? Just like fuck it and try. So it's kind of like, yeah, you really you haven't done nothing most of your whole life. You said just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had never been drunk or anything. I got like stoned when I was like twelve, like once too. Yeah. So it's um, like you're out of movie life. You're on this tour. You're fucking 23. I'm living in San Francisco. Yeah. I am feeling less straight edge. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I think I think plenty. I think that whole kind of year of two thousand three, two thousand four. Yeah, it just wasn't something I thought about anymore. Yeah. Um, but what I was thinking about was smoking weed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I wanna curious. Yeah, I was just like, it's been. A I was time. like, I think I think I might be friends. With, I was right. I was correct as well. Like. I think there's a lot of merit to cannabis and cannabis products. At least for me, they were. Yeah. Uh, they help. Yeah. Um, so in San Francisco, Mike Patton and Rozelle made a record together where they just did crazy shit with their voices and stuff because wow. they're both, you know, they play great American music hall. I'm already feeling like I'm not really straight edge <laughs> anymore. Dan the Automator brings us back into the dressing room, Damn. me and Daryl, and Mike Patton's like, I mean, one Dude. of, definitely both of our, like, as far as rock goes, like, big influences, big, or just, like, inspirations, like, we love Faith No More, love Mr. Bungle, Incredible man. love almost everything Patton's ever done. Please tell me it's with him your first time again. With Dude, it's, <laughs> I, it's, it isn't, because, but it, this was the catalyst. We go back in the dressing room. It's Mike Patton and Billy Gould, the bass player of Faith No More. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're like tap, elbowing each other. Like we had two for one, two for one fucking Faith No More dudes in the dressing room right now. <laughs> yeah. So instead, and Patton was super fucking cool to us. Uh, and he, this is what he did. And he, he goes to like shake our hands or like approach us. And he goes, actually, let's do this right. Let's do this right. Pours me and Daryl shots of Hennessy. Wow. And we were both like, we're straight edge. <laughs> oh, he was too? <laughs> no, no, okay, no. Okay. We were both just like, yeah. we don't drink. So sorry, I have to turn you down. Wow. And he was just like, okay, whatever. Um, which sound, it seems like a nothing thing, right? Totally. Like it is a nothing thing. Yeah. If you If you don't drink, you don't drink. Exactly. And that's it. I got back on the airplane flying back to New York. I just looked at Daryl and I was like, I'm not straight edge anymore. And he was just, me and him got fucking our exes tattooed inside our lips together wow. when we were 18. Wow. By Chris Kutis. Shout out Chris Kutis. Um, and he was just, he, it blew his mind. And I was just like, dude, it's just like, I, I'm, I'm changing. I'm 24 now. I'm not 13. Yeah. Like, there's things, he's like, what are you going to do? And I was just like, it's not even about ha wanting to have a, I didn't think about drinking at all. Yeah. But I didn't, as a 24-year-old, I was like, whose rules am I following that I couldn't have had a drink with Mike Patton? Yeah. It didn't mean I'd ever have a drink again. But in the, in the, in the hardcore straight-edge hierarchy, back then when we were young, yeah. we would get a lot of shit for breaking edge. Mm -hmm. And I cared about that. Yeah. And when I was 24, I did not. I was gotcha. just like, I want to... I wanted to have a drink with one of my vocal heroes and I should have been able to do that. So right there, I just kind of, things just kind of devolved. I was just kind of like, not devolved, but just like all the rules and stuff that were there yeah, just kind of started to disintegrate for me. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I'm on my own path here. I'm doing whatever I want to do. So he's like, you're going to drink? And I'm like, no, I don't actually care about drinking. But when we, <laughs> we were going back and forth to San Francisco a lot. I was like, when we get back from San Francisco, I'm going to smoke a joint. And I did. 
<laughs> and how was it? Way too much weed. Like uh-huh. even now, like, we did change since when you were like twelve or thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't. Yeah, there was no seeds in it or anything. Uh-huh. Um, it was like it was crazy. Our friend who we were staying with, Brandon, who was also in Head Automatica at the time, he rolled me a joint and like me and Daryl actually smoked it together. He decided to break edge like with you on a whim. Got he was you. just like, "Fuck it, pass it to me." <laughs> and um. I do. I did. We did what I would never do now. I'll take like one hit off a joint and put it out. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm still a lightweight. I don't know how people do it. People are all built differently. Yeah. But like we sat there with like an entire joint and finished the whole thing and literally like lost our minds. We were so stoned. Wow. We were like calling him for help. <laughs> we were <laughs> we were starving, but we couldn't get off the couch because we. Wow. That was like another universe out there in that dark yeah, room yeah, over yeah. there. We were like tripping on weed. We wow. had overdosed on marijuana for sure. <laughs> so it was fun. Kind of fun. Yeah. It was fun to look back on, but we were very scared at the time. And you, you didn't feel bad at all? Like, I'm not this anymore. We're like, okay, this makes sense to me. This is what it, it made means. sense yeah. to me. My conscience uh, was totally clean. I, did, I didn't feel like I was betraying myself. Yeah. Um, and at 24, that's all I cared about. Um, your life, man. Yeah. If if anybody else had anything to say about it, I wasn't really caring at that point. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I was a grown adult now. Yeah, it's your yeah. life, your chore. You know what I mean. Like totally, and that's like utmost. Res- I still, when I had Twitter, anyway, <laughs> I got rid of Twitter, and it was I'm one of the best. Either, yeah. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Or Facebook, no. Yeah, none of that. Instagram is it's like it. you know all I got. No the, TikToks for you. Nah, <laughs> man. Um, um, but like, um, sorry, I, uh, the point I was trying to make is utmost respect to the straight edge. I was there with you for 10 years. If you're not now, you never were, does not make any sense to me. The 10 years that I was straight edge were super crucial in my development as a human being. Um, and I'm so glad that I was straight edge. Um, but yeah, before I got rid of Twitter, I would uh, like on like, um, What's Edge Day? Oh, it's like, like, yeah, something in October or something, yeah. I would just be like, shout out to the straight edge. I don't know how the fuck you guys do it. In yeah. the, in this, like, um, like you know, just being a human in 2022 is insane, dude. Yeah. And I get, like, I lean on, you know, I lean on, you know, I like a drink and I like to smoke uh, weed and shit, but I'm, I don't get into drugs at all, other shit. Have you tried mushrooms or anything since? Yeah, occasionally I'll nibble like a cap or a stem. People are microdosing now. It's like a thing for the mind and dude, yeah, and depression and all kinds of stuff. I heard mushrooms yeah. in general. Um, not even the psychedelic ones. Like today, I'm like, uh, the hike that we did that I was telling Toby off of, yeah. about off cam- uh, off How, the microphone. Twelve miles, thirteen miles. Yeah, and it was like we walked five miles uphill. We, we, I think we were like eleven or twelve thousand feet up. Wow! I could be mistaken about those okay. numbers, but I took this. Uh, have you ever heard of cordyceps? No. They're in like some of the mushroom mixes that okay. that people use as supplements, like energy or immune okay. system or otherwise. Usually, there's cordyceps in there, but I take a straight cordyceps supplement because I can't have caffeine. Mm. Uh, doesn't agree with me. Because acid reflux stuff? Doesn't agree okay. with me. Acid reflux as well. Yeah. But super like, um, 
anxiety yeah, 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 inducing yeah. like i feel like coffee. i'm on the edge of an anxiety attack 100 which is exciting yeah. until you get to the other side and yeah. you're fucked <laughs> and you have to draw the shit I, I can't do coffee anymore exactly jittery yeah i don't like the way it makes me feel um when my wife when my what when we first started dating 13 years ago my wife was living in paris and i went there to kind of like seal the deal and be like let's be together it's cool and I pretended to be a coffee drinker for like the whole week. You know what I mean? I just wanted to blend into like, I don't drink wine. I don't drink coffee. I was yeah, drinking yeah, yeah. a lot of wine and a lot of coffee, like trying to trying to just be cool in front of her. The coffee over there is really good though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I still try coffee every once in a while because if I have a few sips, it's not going to destroy me. And I love it. I know. That's like the only drug I've ever done is coffee, and I was on it for like a couple months, and then I was I go back, I have a like love and hate relationship to it. Now I do like the yerba mate, which is good. Yeah, or matcha. That shit'll get me fucked up. That that's <laughs> a lot of caffeine, right? Yerba mate. It is, yeah. Yeah. So you take these little things. So I took I take um I take cordyceps supplements, which gives you energy, natural energy. Yeah, I forgot how I got on that, but because you went hiking and we're talking about coffee, we're talking about actually we did mushrooms before. Yeah, I just think mushrooms in general depend. Thank you. I, I lose my train of thought it's a lot, good. dude. Um, Killing it. My, like, th- I think that mushrooms in general, psychedelic or not, are like super crucial for human existence. And I think there's a major connection there. And I buy into it and okay. ingest a lot of mushroom supplements. But as far as psychedelic mushrooms, I've eaten a lot of those. <laughs> and um, nowadays, I'll just chew on a little bit. Like, yeah, and 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 feel a little tingly. Mike Tyson has a podcast, and he's always eating mushrooms during the podcast. He's huge wads in his mouth, oh, chewing them the whole time. Like, holy crap! Because when I think of mushrooms, I think about yeah, hallucinating the world spinning. You're in, the, you're laying in the ground, the desert, looking at the sky. But he's like doing a podcast, eating. Them. I was like, holy couldn't crap. imagine that. I couldn't imagine not being out in the woods, sitting by a fire, like talking shit with your friends, like yeah. or hiking or just doing outdoor stuff. Yeah, I have friends that'll like eat mushrooms that like like people I hang out with now they'll eat like a decent amount of mushrooms and go to a show and I'm like wow. fuck that. Depends what kind of show it could be like a mellow show or something like that. Yeah, but you still gotta wait online, go through security, order drinks, uh, talk to people, be around like a thousand people like shoulder to shoulder. That's not what I want to do. And when that's I'm not on funny mushrooms. when we're not on mushrooms. No, <laughs> no, Damn. you could just be in your forties and not enjoy that. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, fuck. Was, uh, so you hike a lot? Is that a big thing for you? I try to. I mean, I live in Brooklyn, so it's a, a bit annoying um, lifestyle-wise. Yeah, what, um, what, what do you hike there? Uh, we go out to the Catskills. Oh, yeah. Or I got a really good hike out, actually, out in Amagansett into Montauk. Um, there's a good hike. Um, but, yeah, Catskills, Lower Catskills, Hudson Valley. It's beautiful um, up there, man. Sedona was amazing. Ooh. This last one was the best one, though. It was, okay. it, we were in a place called... Uh, I'm like a novice hiker. Like I don't, okay. I don't know all the trails. I haven't been everywhere, mainly because we drive by them right on tour and like don't totally. have time to do anything. Yeah, but um, Sedona's beautiful though. My wife just went there, oh so it's amazing. Dude. Never seen anything like it. Um, this one we were in Big Pine, which is like three hours north of Bakersfield, pretty okay. much inland, yeah. in the lower the eastern Sierra Nevada mountains. Uh, I took nice. a triple helping of cordyceps. And yeah, like, and I've been at, like, I've, I deal with like a back injury that's come back to say hello recently. Yeah. Like a disc thing, which is why I'm sitting on my right butt cheek in your <laughs> kitchen right now. Um, Comes back. Yo, I charged up that mountain 
and I charged down. Wow. I, I did way too much, way, way, way too much. Like I hadn't done much crazy physical in like over a month because of my back. Yeah. And we but take I got those, through. you're fine, yeah. Yeah, I recommend it, dude. It's uh, like the CBDs and stuff like that help too, supposedly, right? All that stuff? The right CBD, like made the right way. Like the, yeah. the expensive shit works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't really tried any of that stuff, but I know it works, yeah. I would get down things. with cordyceps. Uh, Steven Brodsky from Caven. Steve Brodsky from Caven got me hooked on to cordyceps, and I, I've eaten them every day for like the four last four years. And my wow. wife, too. Yeah, we're, we believe. You believe, you're a believer. Yeah. Um, I am the Avalanche. Uh, the fir- is, is the seven inch is 2000. I mean, the first record is 2005, and then 2011 is a United album, correct? I'm sorry, can you repeat? I'm going to take my sweatshirt off. Take one, it off, right? Sorry. The cordyceps are coursing through my veins right now. Oh, you have some now? I oh, have every a traveling day, day right. today. So, yeah. like, I just want stamina and I just want, like, so the. Do you sleep? I was a question. Do you, like, do you sleep on flights and shit? Never, dude. I can't do it either, man. It's I can't. fucking I, like, horrible. watch a lot of movies, though. I cannot sleep on flights, man. I'm the worst flyer, dude. Do you get anxiety flying? I mean, I don't think much more than the next, like the last yeah. guy. You know, it's a process going through. Once I'm on the plane, I'm good with all that security, all that shit, dude. Yeah, I, no, I hate it, and I fly a lot. This yeah. is like my eighth flight this month. Wow! Like going, to, uh, yeah, I'm going to the airport straight from to, for the listener. Toby knows I'm going to the airport. Damn, airport's really close to here too. Um, so I'm at, I am at, I am the Avalanche. 2005 is the first release. Correct? Yeah, self-titled on drive-through. Still, they kept me. That's nice. Um, I shopped it around. And like Walter Schreifels. He was on the records for like 20 years. All of his projects. <laughs> they, they just like him. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> uh, they kept me for an option. Um, so we did our first record on drive through and toured forever. We did every single tour. We didn't care about anything but being away, Grinding, ha- having dude. fun, hanging with our buds. And as that's far it. as waste construction you could be. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, dude. Right. Yeah. As long as I was in a van, I was playing shows, like I didn't care. Yeah, and that's a that's a different animal for you too as well because it's not, it's it's your it's it's a band you're all members but you're you're kind of, it's your thing so it's like it's different than the movie life as far as like probably all the moving parts and making decisions like just going going going. It felt very Free, it like felt freedom. So different. Yeah. Uh, it was thing. almost like I was the band leader for a little yeah, while. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which felt weird, um, but necessary. Totally. And those guys trusted me. Um, and those guys brought plenty to the table. Um, yeah, this whole new world, it was, it, it became this band of brothers, which, which in all honesty, and I think anybody in the movie life would tell you the same and anyone in the, you know, who was in the movie life in the past when we were touring with you and stuff, not sure it was a band of brothers. It didn't feel that way. Yeah. Um, even when we kind of, you know, we didn't throughout the years it's just me and brandon uh are the only guys left from back then yeah and um i and the avalanche became this real brotherhood um which remains to this day even though two of the guys aren't in the band anymore because they got like they got lives to live and shit um still such a family so it was a very different feeling than movie life for sure yeah and do they have uh, all have kids nowadays man there's like Four avalanche kids now. <laughs> Four avalanche kids. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to have kids? Do you have kids? Uh, we don't have kids. Um, Would you want to be a dad? It's 
I know that if I became a dad that I would kill it kill and it. and I would do everything I need to do to be the best dad I could possibly be. Yeah. I have I have doubts. Gotcha. I think just like any I think just like anybody. It's scary to think about. Um the life I've led to lead me to exactly where I am right now, like yeah. it hasn't really included plans for that. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. You still love being on the road, you still making music, touring, all that. Yeah, and like yeah, so I think there's a chance. The window is getting smaller. Yeah, how old do you know? I'm forty three. Uh, and my wife's 38. So like... She's still young enough though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, we talk about it. You know what I mean? We yeah. talk about it, but like... You're not ready to like just be home. We haven't... I don't know. Like, I, I think I'll always do music and I'll always play shows and stuff. I don't think anybody needs to be away all the time anymore. Nah. I think nah. less is definitely Last more Last two years days. told us that too. Showed us that, you know, like... Yeah. I don't think if I... If I, if I stayed home and like... A lot of people are like, dude, you do so much. Like, you're always moving. I'm like, I'm not really. Like, I I'm still home like seven, eight, nine months a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? On Instagram, it seems like you're always doing shit. But totally. I'm not posting about being sitting home on the couch like yeah. watching Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What about like ghostwriting for you? Do you write people? Do you write do stuff like that? I did. I did a publishing deal um, like t five or six years ago. Cool. Um, and they gave me the option to be on the writer side of it too nice. so i actually have a session when i go home like That's writing awesome. like writing with artists for their records and stuff because so i do that home too doing stuff like that and oh dude enough yeah enough of it yeah what about producing producing yes we um i work with the rat his name's brett but we all call him the rat um he's a drummer of i'm the avalanche okay and movie life and he like does big records he's like one of the go-to guys in like the indie punk scene oh it's awesome um so he and i co-produced a record for a band called late waves um we co-produced a new record that's not out yet from a band called family dinner and in december we're going back to make the second late waves record awesome so this will be like my third full length that i will have co-produced you and love, I, you, I love it. Yeah, you love doing that? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. But I'm not a computer dude, and I'm not a knob-turner <laughs> dude, so like I'm bringing the other side to the table, okay. you know? Yeah. Work together on the songs in pre-production. Uh, you enjoy it just as much as playing and touring? I love it. That's it's awesome. just another thing, you know? Totally. Like, I got to do a lot of things. Yeah. To, you seem like you have to stay busy, yeah. You yeah. Stop. We got to... If you're not a rock star, you got to do a lot of shit to, totally. to like... I mean, just pay your bills. Even just fill that void of that creativeness that you want to keep going. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of the thing I'm on right now is like, well, just keep doing music stuff. Yeah. Like as much music stuff. I I just want to stay there. It's like where yeah. I'm happy. I love songs. I love writing. I love everything about what music brings yeah. us. So like, um, that's my only plan now is to. You know, we always have to pivot into these little things and figure it out. And totally. I'm and I'm always doing that still. Like re like reinventing yourself in a sense and being yeah, or just adding yourself. to your adding to your resume talents life. and yeah. resume and arsenal. You know, I mean, I mean, obviously, I, I am Avalanche, and then you had like Peaced Out, fucking Constant Elevation with Sammy. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. that was really cool. Obviously, from Eric being Rockham. Yes. Correct? Uh, actually, I got it from. <laughs> a gravedigger song. Uh -huh. Oh, because yeah. oh, yeah, they that's right. that's they. Right. I listened to Eric B and Rakim growing up that's a little right, bit. Though. 
Uh, but Gravedig has had a song That's right. that was like... It was a big song. I remember that, Constant Elevation. So yeah. Sammy was like... Damn. Sammy, like we were trying to think of a name and Sammy was like... He like even the cover of the first seven inch like kind of looks like an EPMD like mm-hmm. like logo. Um, Long Island. So yeah, Constant Elevation came from a Grave Digger song because who they got from European Rock Campbell to say that exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I didn't remember that as a kid. Like yeah, you know what I mean. Like we had the what? Don't sweat the technique. Woo yeah, man. The record totally. That was the full length. Yeah, the name of it. Yeah. My older brother had it. Had I listened legs. to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Gravedig has resonated with me more when I got older. And 100%. So I got it from there. Constant elevation. I yeah. mean, yeah. That's a great name, too, man. The songs are cool, too. I remember Sammy Sammy. That was awesome, man. Thank you. You played a couple shows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played. We ended up playing with, I mean, cool shit. We like went out with Shelter. We yep. went out, uh, played some shows with GB. That's right. Um. That was like the last show before the pandemic was like oh, constant G- elevation opening for like indecision, mind force, Ooh. and GB on Long Island. Wow, I do remember that show. Yeah, so you stay, you stay, stay busy, and then there's like a uh, with a gap between Wolverines and then Cities in Search of a Heart. Yeah, yeah. Couple years. Um, so yeah. while all this is going on, I'm making. So I'm starting to make solo records. Okay. Yeah. And you're touring, doing solo stuff too. Yeah. You which play is, movie life songs too in the solo stuff. In the beginning, it was like I would just play movie life songs, and I'm the Avalanche songs. Yeah. And then he's writing solo stuff after that. I, I just started to write, and now I have a bunch of solo music, like a lot. And you and put a solo record out too, right? I put out Cities and uh, um, sorry. Cities in Search of Heart. That's a that's the newest movie life record. Yeah, I was gonna say. There's a lot of shit to sift through there. <laughs> I mean, you have so much stuff, man. It's incredible, um, man. City by the Sea was my my first solo thing. Yep. Uh, I put that out on I Surrender and Run for Cover, and then I did a full-length solo record on Equal Vision called Survivor's Guilt. Great label. Uh, I put out uh, a solo, um, a solo EP right before the pandemic called Aging Frontman. I saw that. That's um, a great fucking name, dude. Thank you. Great. Name. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, and I'm writing my fourth solo record right now. I'm like halfway done recording it. Wow. Actually. Yeah. And while that's all going on, I'm the Avalanche. There's a six-year gap where yeah. we don't release a record. Yeah. You could say label troubles. Got you. Uh, I Surrender, our friend Rob Hit from Midtown, the band yep. Midtown. Oh, you just had a... I, yeah, great band. I know you had... I listened to the thing. The Gabe. One you did with Gabe. Yeah. Fucking, Old friend, dude. We, awesome. we toured the world together. I'm going to um, see him Monday with uh, Mike Cam. I'm stoked. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to be seeing him, too, because they're, they're playing some shows around. Um they rob got us out of the drive-thru contract you were still in drive-thru wow man that's a long it run. just sat there you know what i mean wow. and they weren't really a label Is anymore that, it's not a label anymore i was gonna ask you that yeah i think they've rekindled some things i don't know if they're signing bands but they're definitely like i saw somebody tagged me in something yesterday actually where they're like releasing like re-releasing a bunch of vinyl from their catalog okay. and stuff so i don't know how deep they're gonna get into it or I mean, it's what. a good time for them to come back with all the fans so much stuff happening. Oh now. yeah, and people love like the drive-through catalog is so nostalgic yeah. for so many people and so like meaningful to their yeah. them in their younger years, you know. Totally. Um, and then also the children's book through he creative epic sleepover. Dude, that is um, so cool. You posting about your book was a catalyst for that, so thank you. Um, I had an idea for a story about 
like I just uh, I is had an out idea. Now it's a pre-order. It's out it's now. pre-order right now. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I had an idea for a book. You you posted about your book before it was out. Yeah. I reached out to him, to Phil. Yep. Shout out Phil. Shout out Phil. Um, I was like, listen, I have a story. I have characters. Like I have this whole thing I wanted to do for a really long time. I tried to do it in the past with an illustrator friend of mine. It just didn't feel right. The the illustration just wasn't like cute enough. I wanted yeah. it to be kind of fluffy. And um, I wrote to him and I realized that we had corresponded before. Like he had just sent I Am The Avalanche like cold called I Am The Avalanche designs. Like, hey, if you want to use these, I like, like your awesome. band and he stuff. He loves you too, man. Yeah, so I was just like, immediately he's like, yes, I know who you are. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I don't, I don't want to be presumptuous or, you know. Totally. I was like, you know, I would love to do something. So I sent him, um, I honestly, like this the way it works so quickly. So I had an idea, but not a story. My wife works in a fancy hotel called the One Hotel. We stay there sometimes if the weather's bad because she's not, she didn't want to go back and forth and stuff. So yeah. we like have these little stay vacations like in Dumbo, like four miles from our apartment. <laughs> That's cool. And uh, we stayed for the whole weekend because it was like a snowy weekend. Uh, last winter and i just banged out the whole children's book in that wow. stay um i sent him the like this is what i'm thinking and he was like oh, yes the two seconds later the whole thing's drawn out already he's so oh god when he sent me bro. the cover i was like this is insane like this is actually a dream come true i know you know that feeling 100 yeah, percent, man um he gets it too he like especially if he knows you and your band that he'll just yeah there wasn't that much tweaks to it you know what i mean like especially the photos and the people and everything is just so cool on point and he's encouraging me to like put easter eggs in each of the pages so i'm like putting my friends like band stickers on the walls and you know what i mean Hell just yeah. i'm putting like the neighborhood pizza shop on the dad's shirt and you know right. um just shouting out everyone it's like the new version of a thank it, you it list is. that's what i did too <laughs> i had to double check i get everybody in there yeah i forgot freddie there's hoya you yeah. can put all your friends in there i yeah. was so anal going back and forth about that too you know what i mean yeah no totally good morning max this is Vinny. Nice, going to, meet you. nice to meet you. Yeah, so sick they, job in Pittsburgh, by the way. We play. We, yeah, that was a great show. You just wake up. Okay, get on my podcast now. I love you. Um, so yeah, he created in the book. Yeah, they, they just killed it. Yeah, so we're almost done illustrating it. He got set back. He had like a little health issue yes. pop up. Um, yep. so we're a little behind. But I don't. I had one person message me today actually about it. He's like, "What's up with the book?" And that was like the first person. <laughs> How long has the pre-order been up for? for a while okay like since like july but okay. we so the word was it was going to be out in september but i think we're it's, uh, more looking but everything's like, taking a longer time now coming out of the pandemic in defense of that in general even whatever happened to him health wise yeah everything's slowing out with everything getting merged like pre-orders taking like a year Fucking for some people vinyl. all that stuff so it's like you have to go with the times what's happening now you know what i mean the post just everything in general is just yeah so people up. are being cool people yeah. are being cool and i feel like the people that are like reaching out are like you know, they're just excited. They want it. Of course. Um, so when's it officially going to be ready, you think? This year, hopefully? I think it's going to be done being illustrated in the next few weeks. Yeah. And then, crazily, there's a two-week turnaround with the printer, which is nuts. That's it's, not the way it works in the music business. It's incredible, business. man. And the books came out so good. The cover, like, it's such a great quality, man. Yeah, I'm so stoked to, ha to have it and to hold it. And also to, like... It's exciting putting book out man it's, it's so cool super i never thought i'd do that he approached me as a you should do a book i'm like really i didn't even think about it man like it's just he did hr's book which was awesome as well yeah i love those yeah um steve capillaro put a book out yeah 
It's really cool, man. Yeah. It's so, a big uh, achievement, I think. It totally is. And I put a lot of, I, I know I just said that I wrote it in one weekend, but I, I literally <laughs> it's just- been your mind for years. I dove into this world and just worked like 15 hour days every day. The whole book rhymes. It's in like a, like a, it's in like a limerick pentameter kind of. Okay. Um, there's a word for that kind of pentameter, but it's straight up like rhymes like limerick shit and cool. tells a cool story about a dude and his friend and his little sister and their dog and- Basically, one of the kids who's named after one of the guys I grew up with, uh, Duke, figures out this like ritual that they can perform before they go to sleep at the sleepover. And if they do that, then they can like travel within each other's dreams. And they and each kid has like each kid has their own thing that they're into. It's cool, man. And so each dream is like geared towards the kid's personality and like the things that excite them. So most of the the book is in a dream sequence, which is cool because you can do whatever you want. That's amazing, dude. So I'd love to do more of these. Um, they can just go on more adventures. That sounds like some animated I like to watch as well. Yeah, let's go. Let's make a TV show. I mean, I mean they could do something like that. <laughs> he should animate yeah. some of some of his books. I can see him doing that. Yeah. So the book's called Epic Sleepover, and that's like that was a working title. Phil was like, I think that's the title, and I was like, okay. I mean, it's a, it's a great it's a great title, man. Yeah. So thanks. That's so I'm cool. Stoked. I'm like really excited. You can tell I'm excited. Yeah, you I are. Just yeah. Are, you, are you deep? Are you deep into like the? Um, I was gonna ask you. You said it rhymes. You love hip hop. Did you ever think about rhyming? Have you ever recorded yourself rhyming or ever wanted to do hip hop? Dude, because you love I, it so I, much. I don't want you to go back and listen to a, a compilation called. Um, just say it. I'm, I have. To, I don't want to say it wrong. Too legit for the pit. Wow, you're rhyming on that. Dude, it's, it's Can people so, find this? Like, people are gonna go crazy right now. Look for so it, check it out. The, it's crazy <laughs> that it was like it was like hardcore and punk bands covering hip hop. Okay, it was called Too Legit for the Pit. Love it. the the rec, The cover of the record was like a play off of like Biggie's like big record. Like okay. there's like a little kid on the cover and like Sick. a diaper and stuff. So every band, it, dude, and it was all hardcore bands too. And then us, it was like. Scarhead, wow, Candiria, nice. I don't even know that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hard, super hard. Yeah. So they all like made like hardcore songs or like you know hardcore and hip hop crossover yeah. pretty easily. We like straight up. We didn't like get the memo at all. We just re-recorded a Public Enemy song. Wow, which one? Can't do nothing for you, man. Sick. Which is a Flavor Flav song. Yeah, yeah. Can't do another boy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm rapping. Wow. It's not good, man. <laughs> it's not. And then in the end, in the end, Flavor, Flavor Flav like kind of vamps out towards the end, and he's like, "Your mama got golden nipples. Wash your butt and all that shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's laughing. So during that time, I'm like shouting out all my friends' bands. Goes out to Glassjaw. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So that's your only recording of rap, of hip hop. There's some other stuff. Um, but my only dude, my first show was supposed to be a hip hop show. Okay. Me and Daryl and a few of our friends had a thing called The Directory, which was like, actually, that was kind of one of my first bands, but okay. it wasn't a thing. Like, it's a cool name. We would just get like, we would just get like instrumental 12, like flip it over and listen to instrumentals of songs that we liked, and then we would just rhyme over it. Okay. We never pursued it, um, but that, that might have got my juices flowing a little bit. Like we were going to play a backyard party, which is basically us rapping over other people's beats <laughs> and like hanging out. But it got canceled, and then the first movie live show happened. Wow. So my first show was almost rapping. But you love hip-hop. No. You're a big hip-hop Love hip-hop. Not a good rapper. 
Um, I always see you rocking different hip hop shirts, Day Alive, everything, man. Yeah. Try. Um, that was the first music that, like, you know, you listen to what your parents are, have or what your older brother get. Like, the first music that we bought on our own was hip hop. Yeah. And maybe metal too, like at the same time, hip hop and metal. Did you support like Long Island leaders of the new school and stuff like that? Did you support like EPMD? Yeah. So my brother BJ was the guy that like led the way with hip hop. He got into all the native tongue shit. And like he, yes. he was getting into cool shit at a very young age. Yeah. Um. So like Public Enemy was the first thing because. Are they Long Island, right? Long Island. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. People never talk about that really. Um. Public Enemy was my favorite band even from elementary school my favorite my favorite group um my brothers got me into it um i would say my 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 hip-hop growing up was public enemy de la um tribe slick rick grave diggers is this your top could this be your top five yeah i think i just listed them that's so good Nobody's ever said Grave Diggers in top five. That's awesome. Or Slick Rick would get should get way more props. I mean, it's incredible. Dude. I guess I could. I guess I could understand because like Slick Rick has. I mean, I, this is all my opinion. Slick Rick has <laughs> one great record. True. The Great Adventures of Children's Slick Rick. Story, yeah, yeah. That with Children's Story on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and like Mona Lisa, Ooh. Teenage Love, Teenage and Love, like yeah. that spoke to me. That was crazy. That. I didn't know what he was talking about. Some very lewd shit on that record, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I knew this was young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of gnarly. Some of those songs can't go over now. He won't play them in uh, some of those songs. Some Um, canceled type shit. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, but I mean, just rap in general. Going back, you'd have to cancel the entire genre. I know. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, that record came out in maybe '88. So I was like nine Damn. listening to that's crazy. Man. You know, it like yeah. it sounds early, but not when your brother's like 13, 14. Totally. You know what I mean? Um, but, but some yeah. of those lyrics might be going to your head at that point. You're not really totally. I didn't know what all the sexual references were and stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but like De La is like, that's the one. If I had to choose De La forever, like I, if I didn't like if I could never listen to any more hip hop. And Except not even for one from group. Island. Yeah, it's just because so posy, bro. It's so Th- good, Three feet dude. high and rising. Incredible, man. Is an insane achievement. They were in high school. It's amazing. I listened to it. You got to check it out. Um, do you know who Open Mike Eagle is? No. I didn't know who he was either. I just heard that there was a podcast episode about Gravediggers with Prince Paul. Oh, sick. I'll, I'll listen to that. Yeah. So there's a, there's a pot. I think anyone else listening who's into this shit is going to be excited. Um, it's called What Had Happened Was. Yeah, I heard that actually. It's too. cool. Okay. And it's this dude, Open Mike Eagle, doing a deep dive like for at least the whole season was just Prince Paul. Wow. Like going through all this stuff. Stetsasonic, going through um De La Gravediggers, you know, uh, going through his career. Yeah. Super talented. Anyway, I didn't realize that like you know, Prince Paul was kind of like their their um mentor and they were still in high school when they recorded 3 Feet High and Right. I know that either, man. It's fucking crazy. Such a game changer for everything, man. Best hip hop record ever, I think. I mean, obviously that's up for debate, depending <laughs> on who you talk to. I probably wouldn't think that if I grew up in LA. I know. I put them up a tribe though for sure. Both like source groups. Yeah, man. Yeah. And super like positive and changed everything about hip hop and 
Yeah, man. With the fucking daisies and just all the peaceful vibes. Oh, man. It was different. So ahead of its time, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so different coming out back then. The bright colors, all that shit. Not like gangster shit. Still tough and still hard in their own way, but like not. Yeah. Yeah, they... um, And they... Like Balloon Mind State, I didn't get as much at the time, but like De La La Soul is Dead did get me. Yeah. And then Stakes is High. Stakes is High is great too, man. Stakes is High is probably in my top five hip-hop records of all time. Okay. Something about that record. I'm going to go back and deep dive that too. And it's so cool to get all the masters back it's and hard all that to. stuff. I know, but still, I figured that we'd, we'd be hearing music by now. I know. Like, they got their... It's not, it's, it's not... You can't find it, man. They, like, made the announcement. Like, we're, it's working. It's happening. About a year ago. That's a long time ago. I know. It's I just want to be able to stream... To, I, I haven't heard Three Feet High and Rising in a long time. We have no vinyl or anything like that or anything at home? No. I bought vinyl. I bought the vinyl of it last year. <laughs> I saw. I found it in in Greenpoint. That's cool. Like the repress, the repress, yeah. which is cool. I mean, it's a double double disc. The repress. So cool, man. I haven't listened to it though. We don't have our our record uh, player situation in our apartment is kind of dismal at the moment, and we it, we haven't been prioritizing that. So I need to get I need to get a rig go up and running. It's crazy in 2022 and not being able to find that music. You have to go to YouTube or something for De La Soul. It's tough so for it's YouTube exci- too. It's exciting for like for them to come. Oh yeah, YouTube probably not either. Yeah, they like they like wipe it. Damn. Did you like, like Woo and like Mob Deep and stuff like oh, that? Oh, definitely. Gangstar? So t- yeah, I would Woo! say I would say Guru is probably on the list of like my favorite MCs too. Incredible man. Yeah. Um, Wu Tang was the first thing, and then we oh, heard Buster Rhymes, Long Island. Oh yeah, Buster Rhymes. He was. Was he leaders of the new school? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought KMB yeah. was from Long Island too. MF Doom's first group, but maybe it was Queens. Um, oh, I thought it was Long maybe, Island. maybe. And third base, I thought they were Long Island too. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not sure. I mean, Rock M's from Long Island. Yeah, yeah. And EPMD's Long Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There was a lo- yeah a lot of like hip hop from like important, incredible music, man, from Long Island, dude. Yeah, it's it's very special, and it, and it and it. I think it speaks to like, like how much of an impact it made. So like when we were buying our first records by on our with our own lawn mowing money, we were like <laughs> finding out about. I mean, because you could buy one rap magazine yeah. and be like, "Oh, Big Daddy Kane." Totally. Uh, you know, oh, they're doing this. They're doing this on the West Coast. Yeah, I know that sounds so stupid, but as no, little man. kids, we were like, "These guys are from a few towns over." That meant a lot to us. Same with know? the hardcore bands you found out about. Yeah, dude. yeah, it's incredible. These, these guys are like went to like the high school that i went to vod went to my high school you know what i mean yeah that's so so what do you think keeps you going at this point making music and still being creative and still just loving it like what do you think it is i absolutely love traveling as much as i like making music um the the fun i have writing and recording and producing music is still i mean i'm better at it now yeah i have just as much fun doing it as the first time we ever did the first movie life demo. That's great. And that's not bullshit. Like, yeah, I get excited about writing. I get excited about traveling. I surround myself with musicians that I love and want to be with and want to travel with and who inspire me. Um, I like what I like worry about the future and shit and my plan B situation isn't great. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of, I'm kind of in this spot where I'm this kind of grassroots dude that like some people get down with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if I work hard enough, I can make a living doing it. Um, but I worry about when I'm like, you know, I don't know. 
my like, age. Like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, but like, but yeah. that's inspiring too. I watched you guys play the other day in Pittsburgh at that festival, and it was like, it what it didn't seem like it was twenty twenty two at Thank all. You, man. Thank you. It was thanks to Max cool. too, man. Yeah, man. New energy. That was cool. Watch it, dude. I, I, I mean, I know I just met Max in the kitchen, but like, I, I remember, um, you guys were, um. Hazen Street yeah. was doing the POD yes. tour. Yes. And I spent the day while well, you guys are doing all the shit you got to do, load in, sound check. I spent the day with Moon and Tia, Dave's ex. Oh, wow. And Max in a stroller. I did not know that. That's Straight amazing. up. Wow. And I came out to the show and like hung out wow. and shit. Wow. But like, yeah, I hadn't like laid eyes on Max since he was in a stroller. Crazy. Hanging dude. out with Moon and Tia. That's crazy. Uh, until I was watching him play drums in H two O, a month old. ago. It's crazy, man. So it's cool to see. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty surreal, man. It's, it's awesome. Man. It is surreal. I bet you. I bet. I bet it's weird every time you look back at your son's playing drums in your band. Yeah, it's so like cool. in the best way. In the best way, and it's like I feel like we're just like a new, new band. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like feel like new energy and stuff. I, I it is. Yeah, trust people. me. <laughs> we just watching it like. Just watching it the other day, I enjoyed it so that's much. What, thank you. That's what people are saying too. It's it makes us happy. Yeah. Um, and it brings me back to all the. I watched you guys play a lot. We toured know, the U.S. Man. and Europe, and sh you remember Deconstruction Festival. Ooh, I yeah. might I might remember that shit more than you guys did because we that. were like, we're on tour with the Boston's and H Two O. Who else was on that? Dude, the Lost Profits. Yep. Wow. Yep. Lagwagon. Lagwagon. That was crazy. Um, man. Midtown. Was, Midtown. Us and Midtown were sharing a bus on that one. Um, Mad Caddies. Mad Caddies. Flogging Molly opened every day. They're massive now. That was like right when they started. Wow. Uh, Turbo ACs. Yes, from New York. I, rem I remember every single band on it. I, it was like something. It was like our first time in Europe. Europe. Okay. So and we were on such a big tour and like crazy tour man. around all you guys and just like all all was on it. That's right. And we've been like, this is the guys from the Descendants. Like, oh, we were more Descendants fans than all fans. Me too. I love all those some great records. But no, yeah. totally. Um, Damn, that was a great tour. I don't know what year that was. Ninety something, man. Holy that crap. was that was. Um, was it two thousand? No, it was two thousand two, probably. Okay. Do you still listen to new hardcore or like pay attention to like new younger bands and? Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm. I'm still friends with some people in the hardcore scene. Like, part. It's weird. Like. I don't feel like I'm in the club anymore, which makes sense. Because if I if I just kept going to hardcore shows every, you know, I'm I do, I went on tour. Yeah, man. For my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I feel a little disconnected sometimes. I think Sonny's what Sonny's doing is definitely ma making me feel Killing more it, connected. Man. Killing it. Um, love watching all that. And like you know like, um we're still tied into like all i'm still friends with all my old hardcore friends you yeah. know what i mean but like meet I, I i meet younger people through like chris smith uh from backtrack who plays in avalanche yeah. he plays in avalanche now for the last few years um his little brother i mean him him and one of his other little brothers danny played in backtrack okay they have been this sort of conduit for me to newer hardcore because yeah. they're all there and their little brother who's like in his 20s still has the band Painted Truth, who's oh, fucking yeah. 
<laughs> so that, sick. Yeah, they're sick. So sick. Like, wow. Like having crazy shows everywhere. Crazy shows. So like, I Is feel it like Drain from out there too. Uh, Drain, I think, is from out here. They're like Santa Cruz, Santa oh, yeah, Barbara. Yeah. Then we maybe. got Scowl from over there. Then we got Yeah. Jell from Jersey to sell the other night. They were incredible, man. Yeah. So um, th- there's one band. I'll t- I'll say like I love Mind Force. Oh yeah. Th- like reminded me of Leeway a lot, and like I I and they're crazy good live. He's like a rapper on stage. Yeah. Um, the band that most has my ear right now, dude, uh, if you haven't listened to it, uh, Life's Question. Life's Question. Okay. Th- that They have a song called um, Cracks, in the f- Cla- Cracks in the Floor of Heaven, I think it's called. Okay. Yo. Where are they from? I think they're from Philly. Okay. Um, I came across the singer. Um, Avalanche played a show with Lag, did like a week with Lagwagon recently. We played in Philly. Chris Smith, friends with the singer, Life's Question. He came out. We all hung out all night. Really nice guy. And then we we had to drive overnight to that Pittsburgh thing to load in really early. Damn. So we listened to hardcore the whole way, and I got so so down with Life's Question. What a wild band! Like retro hardcore even in the image and what everyone's doing yeah feels so 90s to me yeah and like even just looking at record covers it's like a record cover that would only come out in the I 90s know, i love that the kids are doing that man me too it's cool it's fucking nerdy and and awesome um yeah we listened to I, the, life's question got my ear i fucking okay. love it um they're playing tomorrow with drain uh in brooklyn but I haven't seen my wife in much lately. Um, uh, I just go home. Let's go to a hardcore show. Yeah, I know. I want to see. I want to go to the show so bad. But like, I've been traveling so much. I really haven't seen Laura yeah. much. And like, I'm, I'm trying. And I'm going on tour October 26th for a month. Oh, you gotta go chill with your lady, man. So happy wife, happy. Life. I'll catch life life's question like next time. Yeah, we just gave him a big shout out so people can check him out. Dude, it's, it's so awesome. good. It's so fucking good. Like. It's hard to even describe what it is. What about the obvious turnstile? Turnstile, insane. Um, I'm obsessed, man. Watching the videos. They just played in Brooklyn and 6,000 people. I just saw it, it, man. I saw the footage in D.C., Brooklyn. Two nights sold out out here. The Blink Tour. I'm so happy for those cats, man. Good kids work hard, make great music. Crazy. It's nuts. Grinding, man. They're the biggest hardcore band ever, right? Yeah. Am I? No. Was AF bigger than that? Like playing, I know like a festival is one thing when yeah. all the punks are in one place. Yeah. Talking about turnstile headlining shows. I, I, I know, and I love that they like, they love the old school stuff. They give props to it. They, they're hardcore historians. Yeah. They, Fucking, they come from real. Trapped Under Ice. A very real hardcore scene. Totally, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trapped Under Ice, I mean. Great band. Shout out to Justice, man. Like, yeah. Incredible band. Like, the whole Baltimore, Virginia, D.C., whole crew, Maryland, like, all those kids, like, in bands yeah. together, Diamond Life, Angel Dust, all that. It's all cool. It's, it's so all cool, tasty man. shit. They're it all, is. they're all, like. Creative and. I I was shocked um, hearing Justice's band, like. Him singing and, like, killing it. And doing really tasty, like, indie rock influence shit with, yeah. like, no rules whatsoever. Dude. A sharp turn into straight punk. And I say back then we couldn't do something like that because, oh, you couldn't go from like, I loved hip hop and pop and all this stuff. We did a Madonna cover, whatever. We did Ice Cube cover. We loved all that, but we, I never tried to rhyme or try to be extra poppy. But now it's like, if you love all that, fucking write a song like that. So seeing Angel Duff do 
The first half of the set, he has a acoustic guitar. I know. Everybody's singing along. Second part, the guitar's off. He's microphone going hard, like trapped under ice, killing it with the fast yep. hardcore angel dust songs. It's fucking beautiful, man. And the melodies of Turnstile and the different influences you can hear, like straight up, like dude. It's when so I, cool, when man. I first heard um, Turnstile, I was like. These guys listen to Doug Eat Doug. And yeah. I might be wrong. I yeah. don't know if Doug Eat Doug was... Uh, that was my thing. That's another thing I used to write. On, on 311 Day, on Twitter, I would just write, Doug Eat Doug was my 311. You know what yeah, I mean? That's another influence you hear with them. Yeah, oh, 311, Ray, yeah. Black Train Jack, Mabel, everything, dude. Yeah, the high vocals will like bring you there, right? Like, And Sick Mosh Parts, Crazy Live. Everything, dude. Good, Good message. Kids. Yeah, man. What's it's, not to like? And I, I hate like the gatekeepers are always like, oh, this ain't hardcore, this and that. It's like hardcore is not one sound. It's changed a million times since we yeah. were young, since our generation, your generation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like. It's so funny you said that It's more than the too. sound. It's more than the sound. We went to see, um, this past summer, we went to see Madball and Cro-Mags and Burn play at Tompkins. Oh, wow. And we got into Niagara to go get have a beer in between bands. And an old head don't know you probably know him i don't i don't remember i don't remember his name but he was looking it was funny i actually felt like it was funny because like I, I mean i'm in my 40s now i'm not a kid he was like he came over he was kind of eyeing us and i was just like hey what's up burn right burns fucking amazing that was great he's like that was great he's like what are you guys into like turnstile and shit like that wow. and i was and i was like i was like I mean, yeah, turnstile's cool, but like, I mean, you look super I, young. I'm 43, dude. Like, I, I've, I've been, been going to shows since the early 90s. Um, but <laughs> but you mentioned the gatekeeping thing, and I was yeah. just like, oh shit. So like, there's older hardcore heads that are like, I'm not saying like I listen to turnstile all day every day. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, I, I'm the worst at getting into new music. I'm like listening to the Breeders more than when I was 15 when they became my favorite band. You, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. I'm a shitty music fan. I'm going to hold my hands up. I've been the new Kendrick album every single day since it came out almost. I'm obsessed. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oof, okay. It's sick. Yeah. It's like poetry. Watch. It's an it's, it's, it's art piece. Like talking yeah. about sexual abuse, child abuse, um, I, 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 and transitioning. Yeah. The most darkest, heaviest shit. And I just saw him perform and it was like a religious experience seeing him live. It, oh, I yeah. see him a bunch of times. Like he's just a different level man of poetry it's really good man it's incredible man very cool so i've been i've been on that every day like that's something i could save for the plane i got no excuse not to listen to it once you know what i mean it's really fucking awesome him and j cole are like my faves anyway cool. go ahead so yeah you feel like he was like so what do you like turnstile like almost like a diss yeah, yeah and he, i was just yeah. kind of like well you know turnstile even if i don't listen to him every day like i i'm super down to go to a show i couldn't get a fucking ticket yeah. I want to go. I, I'm down. I want to go to shows. I want to like great shows. Yeah, and I'm seeing every person in my life is at the shows. By the way, Instagram <laughs> stories are just like turnstile, turnstile, turnstile. Yes, every, yeah. So that that brought me to listen to it because I was like, oh, that's cool. They're doing their thing. Blah blah blah. I'm like, hold on a second. So I did go back and listen to it. Steve Choi from RX Bandits actually, he picks me up. Me and him were, were going. He lives up in Santa Rosa. He picks me up in at SFO to go and just chill and spend some time up there in the woods and shit. We listened to the turnstile record uh, from the airport to his place. And that was my first time really listening to the whole thing. And I was just like, 
fuck, dude. This and it was and it was I guess before I mean definitely before they started drawing like six seven thousand people to shows yeah and becoming like I mean where is this gonna go after the know, after the blink shows so cool I can't wait to see those shows by the way it's incredible I gotta get to one of those yeah for sure I I love it I've always loved I was never like that like that's not hardcore that's like because to me my hardcore is different than your hardcore I'm fifty two like you're in your forties everything is yeah. different everything changes it's it's not just a sound yeah yeah it's beyond that you know what i'm saying like and so they 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 are a hardcore band to me and they, they just, are and they, they have all different other influences and they're not afraid to show those other influences you know what i mean unlike us who love hip-hop we're not trying to put a rap project out it's yeah. a little different but you yeah. know what i mean like it's so cool long just, like long may that last like where where hardcore is one thing in the verse and another in the chorus and it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't matter no, it's beautiful. And the band, dude. like Snail Mail opened the show. That's sick. And they're, you know? they're bringing out all these bands I've never even heard of. And I'm like, all these bands are sick. Yeah, I'm waiting. I'll, I feel so like. I want to see like, now that they're all the way up there, I want to see what which hardcore bands that they bring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck. I'd like to see, I'd like. Dude, you never know, hardcore man. for people. Some of the people going to see Turnstile are not into hardcore. Of course. I love I that. Think, I think a lot of them are gonna be. Yeah. Hardcore is gonna see be. who they like us. Who's their influences? Whose shirt is he wearing? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? He wore a Praise shirt, who I love on stage the other day. I love Praise. They're incredible. If you heard the new record, I haven't. All in a That's dream. That's a rev band. Uh, yeah, and okay, they have yeah. like a total like 87 seconds embrace. Rights of Spring, DC vibe. They're fucking. It will give you goosebumps. It make it gives me the feeling if I listen to Embrace or I listen to the new Praise record. It's that DC that. His voice, it's just like emotion. It's wonderful, dude. Yeah, uh, cool. You gotta check that out. I love them too. But like, yeah, I mean, this like him wearing that shirt now. Some kid might check out praise. Like, yeah. just their influence is so this, huge. This right is now. A, this is a moment. Like in moment. the history of hardcore, and it's beautiful. Th- yeah, in the history of hardcore, there's the chapter in which Turnstile takes over. Yes, and starts influencing an an entirely new generation, a bunch of bunch of people are finding out hardcore is huge yeah how many people does sunny have following him on instagram a lot man a few hundred thousand yeah man so there's a few hundred thousand hardcore kids and he, and he captures it so beautifully too man it's i remember when there was 150 hardcore kids on long island yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean i'd love to see what turnstile draw, draws on long island man probably same shit they might have to play the fucking they might be playing arenas after this blank shit because yeah. you know that they're going to come and make another good, interesting, genre-bending record. And they had like a hip-hop producer for this last one, supposedly. Somebody worked with I'd Dre be, or I something. I would be very surprised if they didn't go with him again. That's a, That yeah. was a really good outcome. Yeah. Do you still have to be at the airport in an hour? What time do you be at the airport? Really? 120 still? What time is your flight? Yeah, but... It, uh, it's we're close. Like, yeah, it's fine. We're pretty, I, I said a couple more things. No, no. I just want to rush you. I got to leave here by like... What time? Maybe like 20 minutes. Okay, we got it. 15, got 20 this. minutes? This is a, I could talk to you fucking 10 hours. Uh, you I love any, it. you have any daily rituals? Drive the wife to work, which is more fun than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live in Greenpoint, and I, I okay. just drive down. I take the back roads to Dumbo, like Brooklyn Heights. Okay. Um, but we we like to cultivate a peaceful atmosphere to ease her into her very stressful work day. Nice. So we pick music. Classical? No, I, lately it's been a lot of like reggae and like nice. and like dub shit, because that is that can be very like 
soothing totally uh so, but sometimes just like soothing music you know like sometimes straight up like steely dan or something like nice. that um very rarely the grateful dead um i like the dead but she doesn't how about some shot a no that's pretty that's pretty shot a we can throw into the mix uh and then i usually go straight i drop her off and then i turn around go straight back to Greenpoint, and i'd say half the time i go directly to my practice space where the, all my gear is and i just write nice um for whatever you know all the shit i gotta do um and is music just your full time now do you do any other things yeah but just like 10 different things okay. at the same time <laughs> you know <laughs> but not the batting range anymore I'm not at the batting range, but no, like I'm not, I, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm like, I'm looking f like, I want to do, I am working when I'm at home. I'm doing like, I, I'm doing the work that's necessary to totally. facilitate everything else. Yeah. But like, I definitely want to start like, um, working like side jobs and shit when I can. Yeah. It's just as long as it doesn't get in the way of. I think like, you'd be producing more bands, and putting the word out there right now into the atmosphere. That dude, the the outcome of us producing—that's the thing. Like, I need an engineer, and me and Rat work really well together, so we yeah. do it. But he's not going to work with me on everything he does because it just doesn't make sense financially or yeah. creatively. Um, but yeah, producing totally. Like, I'm do we're making a record in December for Late Waves. Awesome. Shout out Late Waves—they're fucking awesome. Asbury Park band, fucking nice. beautiful people, great rock band. Um, Shout out to Asbury Park, which is totally different now, man. Oh my, oh my god. god! I just went there; it was like a different world, man. Yeah, I didn't remember that strip being going to Stone Pony back existence. in the day. I saw like a fucking a pig's head on the beach once with a cigarette in its mouth. Like Stone Pony Shit. was there; it was gnarly back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and even just, yeah. I, it's I, nice I to can, be around. I, I could live in Asbury Park, actually. I don't know. Man. We thought about it. Me and Laura th thought about. It's probably crazy expensive. You never know. It ain't Greenpoint prices. If it is, that's crazy. So Greenpoint's expensive. Like, so New York is oh, like a different dude. animal coming out of the pandemic. Yeah. So, so shit got um, affordable. People signed like pandemic leases yeah. in like these nice places. But then it's up now. Isn't the time now, now? Now they're like, all right, everyone out. Damn. So like, we live in the same apartment for seven years. Nice. It's small. But we know that and we make it work and we, yeah. we get along really well, That's especially in a pandemic. We were just like, see yeah, how this goes. Relationship, man. Yeah, we had like that. fun. We had a good time. Good. We got into like, I remember one argument and it was something really dumb. Because you're always gone. Then you're like forced to be with like your partner or your wife, whatever, or husband. And then you're like, it's just us too. Like, I know. My wife's like, yo, you need to go on tour. It's the first time in 26 years. I haven't been on a real tour since three years ago. The Europe tour, like a full tour. So hopefully we're going Yeah, that one with battery. No, this was H2O, Agnostic Front, Gorilla Biscuits. Oh, yeah, Wisdom yeah. There's a name for that? Was the name yeah, for Persistence. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so we're going to go back. I haven't said anything yet, but I'm going to say it now. In March, H2O, Mabal, and some other, a bunch of other bands for the Rebellion Tour. First time back in three years. Sick. I'm very, I'm very excited, man. Very cool. But yeah, New York seems like a totally different... Oh, yeah, like uh, we were looking... We wanted to get a two-bed in... We live in Greenpoint, like close to the water, so it's even more like... It's still all Polish. They all own yeah. all the buildings and shit, but like, it's more like the $8 iced coffee side of True. Greenpoint. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, it's just like this. All the places opening on my street are like cocktail bars and like fancy looking shit, you know? Yeah. Because the people in the high rises are moving in and that's what they're going to want, you know? So. Would you ever leave New York? Yeah. <laughs> Where would you go? Um, you seem like a guy might live in Utah, some shit we can hike or. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down. Um, <laughs> I could see that. 
Um, spot. So she works for this particular chain, and she her career is going really well. Okay. For this five star hotel chain, and um, so at the the thing that's going to bring us out of New York is her like transferring to one of the other properties. Yeah. And whatever property that is, I'd be willing to give it a shot. Not no matter not, where it is. Yeah. Nothing yeah. against New York. I love New York. I still live there. I yeah. still haven't left. Most of my friends have. True. You're a New York native, man. 43 years in New York. Um, 20 years, like, well, what? It'll, it'll, 18 years living in and out of the city in Queens and Brooklyn and well, shit. Would you move to the South if she had to, had to get a job there? Mm. Get, that's she, a hard one. She, she transferred to my South Beach in Miami. Okay. Because they have a hotel down there. And we ended up living down there last winter for oh, three months. Okay, that was probably nice in the winter, though. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know, like... They're not opening five-star hotels in like the middle of nowhere. Nah, so it's like it's the country. It's the it's like the big cities in 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 the United States, like the big cosmopolitan cities. Chicago. They haven't opened there yet, but like they're opening a lot. But like, what about LA? If they open one here, they got one here. Huh. They got one in like North Hollywood. Do you love do you like Cali? Love Cali. I love that Cali's close to Hawaii. I love that two, I mean, I just came up from straight mountains, straight totally. straight to your neighborhood. You could surf one day, snowboard the next day. Beautiful. I was meant to be a Cali dude. I was I was <laughs> going to follow in your footsteps for real. But like, it's never too I, I, I got, so another thing that happened that we skipped over is I got married when I was 27 yeah. to a girl who was 23 who grew up in England. Married in 2017. So, well, that that that's my new marriage. Oh, you married so, twice? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so when so I was twenty seven, no, it's all good. Okay. But that was part of my part of my the uh, point I'm making about California is when my first marriage fell through. I I wanted to leave. Got you. I I wanted to run. You know what I mean? And California was where I was gonna go. Okay. I had lots of friends from touring and like just people here, and I loved it. And I always thought I would come here. But I didn't have any money, so I was, I would, I was bartending and shit a lot, in the city, saving up money to leave. And my wife Laura now like walked back into my life that summer, and we've been together for thirteen years now. Wow! If that if she didn't come back into my life, I would have moved to California and made a life here, and probably still would be here. Like That's... that was the plan. And yeah. I know I I can do this. Like, yeah, I'm a beach guy and I'm totally. a city guy and I'm a mountain guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like all that. So. so it's never too late. Water's too cold here, man. Ah, the East Coast. That's right. Yeah, my son tells me that's freezing here. Yeah, I always thought that growing up, like, L.A. or just the West Coast in general was sold. Southern California was sold as such a paradise to us. But then the water. When I got here on my first tour in 1998, I go to go in the water and it's like unswimmably cold. <laughs> I hate that. It gets warm certain times. You're like August, yeah. September. Yeah. I go yeah. with my son swimming in Malibu and stuff. Um, I, uh, are you an optimist or pessimist? I'm an optimist and I put out, I put that out into the world, but I'm a worrier. I'm a total worrier. <laughs> you're worry wart. My mom used to say, you're worry wart. Yeah. I'm a thinker. So you stress about shit? big time so like you stress about things you can't control certainly that's the thing i stopped <laughs> doing the pandemic like yeah. i might i might never play a show again this is focused on what i can do now mm -hmm. you can't control that yeah um optimist with a tinge of <laughs> too much thinking yeah okay that yeah. could be a good thing and bad thing yeah yeah but not a negative person you always seem like a positive person 
I definitely put that out there at all times. I don't think I don't think I need to put negativity out into the world. Um, I just keep it all inside my brain <laughs> at three in the morning. Um, um, what was I ask you one more thing? Oh yeah, any any major regrets? Big time, hundred uh, percent. But um, yeah, you can talk in circles about regrets, right? Because you don't regret them if they get you to where you are. True. Um, I, definitely regrets, um, but definitely glad that me being who I am at age 43 now is, you know. You happy with your career and where you're at right now in your life? Absolutely. And, and the person that I am and the person that I know I am now, and I'm a better person than I was when I was younger. And like that, that means a lot to me. So those, those regrets did, did, um, set me like any of those like growing up and shit anything that pops into your head like they do set you on course to either make more regrets and just like drown yeah or or be a good dude and be fucking cool and go out of your way to be a good person and do good things yeah my prediction for you is that you're gonna you're gonna move to california you're gonna become a dad and you're gonna produce records you're gonna ghostwrite. You're gonna work on music forever. She'll, she'll transfer. You're, you're, you're a real musician who like never gave up on being a musician and stayed staying creative. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Um, and you're still young, dude. You're fucking young, man. Yeah, yeah. Think about I feel it. young, except for yeah. You look young too. Thank you. That's why I'm, people- wor- I'm working. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get back into shape. Like I've always like, yeah, been really active, and this the pandemic kind of like stunted me a little bit. Were you ever like a vegan or vegetarian? Mm-mm. Never. Just, you always seem healthy, always in just shape. Just my though. decade of straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you for being here. This is fucking awesome. And that's two thank hours you. Well. It's great, dude. Oh, that's cool. No, it's um, great. So, so coming up, they can find you on social media. There's a new um, I Am the Avalanche record being worked on, supposedly. Avalanche. Me and Mikey are yeah. writing Avalanche shit. Uh, we got tours coming up. We yeah, haven't announced yet. It's easier, yeah. Um, I'm doing a solo tour on October 26th for like a month. New solo records halfway done. Uh, whenever Sammy calls me back, we'll probably do more constant elevation. Uh, Grave diggers. I should take that back. It's not that Sammy's not calling me back, but he's fucking. He's 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 in, nonstop. He's in seven seconds it's now. Killing it's insane. Se- killing in seven seconds. I saw him perform. Incredible. Dude. Um, I mean, makes sick. me so happy, dude. Yeah. And then you're playing when we were young too. Next year. Yeah, we got a bunch of fun it's shit exciting, coming up. Man. Book a- coming out. Yes, uh, late late October, early November. I'm um, is probably realistic. The he created for, one. For, yeah, yeah. yeah for, Epic sleepover. Yeah, yeah. So cool. I'm a lot really of cool psyched. shit. Yeah, I'm like we known each other throughout the years, played shows, cross paths, and then like sitting in my kitchen with you. I love like just hearing the story, like because we all think we know about each other until we really just talk to them. It's nice, and I mean face to face shit. Yeah, I mean, our only hanging took place when i was yeah 21 22 <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm a different person from then totally same me too yeah so i'm still a big kid but whatever yeah and we were just young like looking up to all these guys rusty telling us stories in the dressing room and shit he told us crazy of stories course. about him growing up and and, and stuff shot, I all kinds of stuff yes. yeah, rusty yeah. crazy stories i remember us all sitting around in a circle on the floor in the dressing room at Barrowlands in glasgow <laughs> And his telling him telling us about when he got shot. Yes, one time I was hanging out with my friends. Like, that's, 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 <laughs> that's, you do a good Rusty. Shout out, to, shout out to Rusty Pistachio. He's awesome. It was great to see him too the other day. Yeah, man. He's week. killing it too. Yeah. He's out there in South Carolina. Yeah. It was good to be here, man. Like, Thank you, bro. Uh, 
uh, I'm a listener of the podcast. I'm interested in most of the people that you're you're interviewing. And even if not, I get down with it. Thank like even you, if man. I didn't know who they were. So yeah, I love that about the pod. People think they might know somebody, and then they listen to us. Oh, I know that guy was like that. Or I just judged him from the one song or the music or whatever, and then meet the person. Yeah, but you're getting good at this shit, dude. Thank like, you, man. I'm, I know I text you every once or yeah. I'll DM you every once in a while, being like. I never heard Fat Mike say all that shit before. That's one of my, my most proudest conversations with Fat Mike. That Sitting was sober in my kitchen. Yeah. Like I know the guy for 25 years, but did I really know him? Actually not. Cause he's like the most, yeah, man, it's crazy. Even Josh Brolin, there's so many different people coming to my kitchen. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Chino it's nuts, too. It's nuts lo- to sit here yeah. where I know all that's gone yeah. on. Like, but then I've then after I this, I fucking grew up on the Goonies, man. <laughs> yeah. Then after this, like now I feel like I'm closer to you. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, just in like one or two hours, you bond with these people that you may think you know something about, but you don't. Yeah. You feel the connection. That's why I love. So I won't do Zoom. I stopped doing the phone call once. I I'm had glad. to do that during the pandemic. It's like in person, this is awesome, man. It's better this way. Yeah. Um. It's it's, it's probably chill. you probably did a completely different outcome doing it like this. Yes. Than a me pacing around my kitchen in Brooklyn. Yeah, and the ones that I had from back then, I redid them in person. I wait. I just gotta do it again. You know. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you're going to fly, fly home soon. I uh, appreciate you being here. Appreciate you having me. This was awesome. It's good. To, this is the longest conversation we've ever had. So I know. It's Thanks cool. for all you've contributed to the world of music, man. Thank you. you inspired a lot of people, man. I appreciate awesome. that, man. Coming from you, that's a lot. So well, cheers, Thank bro. you. And Mal, cheers. Max, take a photo of us. Okay, Max? Bye, everybody. Peace. Peace. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos. Even my ET on my leg, it's still a childhood memory for me, and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now, and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other, and that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swipe the credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details or anything was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm that looks like a big black blob is now super light. I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo up in one sitting. You have to be patient and it's painful. They ice you up, it's super fast. To me, it felt like a bunch of rubber bands. But what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life. That sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life, One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code. Use TobyH20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866-934-4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 remover treatments done. 100 locations. U.S., Canada, and Australia. State-of-the-art peak-away laser technology. Cryotechnology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do in these podcasts is talk about tattoos. From day one, if you've been listening to this podcast, we talk about tattoos, talk about getting removed, talk about getting covered up. So this is such a perfect fit for me. Once again, go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570. Use my code TobyH20 and get $100 off. These guys are located everywhere. Try it out.
Yo, people always ask me what kind of frames I'm rocking. I've been rocking Caddis for a couple years. They make amazing progressive readers, which I wear. Also, they make sunglass readers, anti-glare, anti-smudge coating, anti-scratch it, anti-aging. That's why I look mad young when I wear them. I'm just kidding. Um, but they make amazing frames. Caddis, so stoked to have you guys part of the podcast. You can go to caddislife.com slash Toby10 and get $10 off your first purchase. Stoked. Thank you, Caddis. Welcome to the fam. Yo, yo, Liquid Death. Thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends. Love your water. Love your brand. Love what you stand for. Love you. Give back to the community. If you want to learn more about Liquid Death and how it started, listen to episode 115 with the co-founder, owner, and creator of Liquid Death, Mike Cesario. Just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. They have now blessed me with my own code. So if you go liquiddeath.com slash Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst. Stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives.